Hello, you're listening to the Talk of Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! Today's episode is a fairy cast episode, episode 10 of the fairy cast. We go through episodes 151 through 199, or if you're going by Crunchyroll, it's, and, and technically the original because it did change seasons. <laughs> fairy Tale Season 1 from 151 to 175, and Fairy Tale Season 2, 1 through 24. It's all it's all weird. We originally wanted to go to episode 203 or season 228, <laughs> but we felt like this is a good stopping point just because um, I'm going out of town, and then I have a week of crazy stuff, and then I'm on vacation for half a month, so it's like this is going to be it for a while. <laughs> so I don't even know when this is actually going to drop. This might drop in January, depending on if I have time to actually edit it before I go on vacation and all these business trips, but... Um, we'll see, we'll see how things go, but I just wanted to get a good stopping point. That way I don't come back from everything. And then we're like, Oh crap. I don't even remember what was happening in this, in this arc. So, uh, this does cover the grand magic games arc. I'd also say it's technically half grand magic game and half this dragon King arc. Yeah. And I haven't really ha- found anybody that calls it dragon King, but I know the first episode of where everything kind of kicks off at that point was the dragon King arc or was called the dragon King but anyways, yes, uh, this is, of course, a full-on spoiler cast, so if you have not watched up until 203 or Fairy Tale Season 228, you don't want to watch or listen to this episode because we're going to be basically running through the entire arc and talking about se- different segments of it and then giving our thoughts on it as things go along. But, as you can tell, that is an extremely long arc. Yes. <laughs> That's the, long. the longest one I think we've gone through so far. Which spanned a good uh, fifty episodes, around well, short of fifty episodes, but yeah, it was it was a long one. And like I said, it kind of felt like two different arcs. There was basically they go in, they have a huge tournament because Fairy Tales trying to reclaim their honor as number one guild of all time of this entire uh, area. And at the same time, there's like this happenings that's happening in the background that eventually unfolds and just kind of comes to the forefront. Literally halfway through. <laughs> and we also had a studio change. Yes. Do we want to talk about that now? We can. I guess we can. So yeah, when it hit 175, it went into Fairy Tale Season 2, which was a new studio. And I was looking forward to this just because I, I've i said before several fairy casts is that I don't really like fairy tales animation when it comes to like action and whatnot. It feels very flat. It feels very a lot of stills. Uh, pan shots, stuff like that. Nothing really feels like it's moving, even though there is, you know, plenty of sound design and everything to kind of go along with it. It doesn't look like it's moving very well. And so I was kind of looking forward to a new studio to see if maybe they would do a better job with animation. They did leave with a bang. (laughs) The last studio did leave with a very, uh, a very epic battle uh, between several people that we're looking forward to for like the entire, uh, those two, the 25 episodes technically. Uh, waiting for them to actually have this fight. And it was a really, it was a solid fight, but it did, uh, the other studio did open with a bang with quite an episode with everything kind of in Rebels and they're talking about how the world has ended and, and Lucy's upset and, and Natsu comes in and fights like hundreds of thousands of dragons. Yep. It was, it was quite a, quite opening for them. So my opinions, I, I almost wanted to go back and kind of watch the old studio again, because I felt like I wasn't giving them enough credit. I will say, I never noticed off-modeling with the old studio. 
but at the same time, the old studio wasn't moving enough. It was like characters were often just standing there in the background and completely still while characters in the front were moving around. Whereas this new studio, it, it feels like the room is more lively. Like they had a whole bar scene uh, in between these different tournament matches and it was like literally the first episode. I'm like, holy crap, it really feels like I'm getting a full angle of everybody and it looks like everybody is alive. So it, I almost want to feel like it, it feels more more broad shots, more characters in the picture and they're moving. But I also want to say that I'm seeing, I'm noticing off modeling. I don't know if that's I'm you know, looking for it. You know, strangely enough, I, I noticed a couple in the last few episodes as well. So... I, would I did I notice it before? No, not really. But at the same time, it, it's one of those things that for me, when I notice them, it's really kind of just off the wall. It's it's not like I I pick them out constantly. So when I do notice them, it, they kind of stand out a little more. In particular, I'm thinking of a scene that had Ichia in 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 the scene, and Ichia looked absolutely not not like he looks not gorgeous like Ichia. <laughs> but he didn't look like Ichia. <laughs> he didn't look gorgeous parfum <laughs> men <laughs> but now it, it is funny because like, like i said i i seem like i was noticing it more often i wasn't sure if it's because i was looking at it as like okay let's see what the studio can do and i'm noticing it or if it's just that i that they didn't have it much in the old studio maybe that but like i said because it wasn't really moving as much in the old studio maybe it's that that kind of give and take now, strangely enough, to 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 give you kind of a, a context to this, if you if you if if you're not, um, to if you don't notice off off things very often, it, you're probably closer to me. But at the same time, there is things that you will that that I did notice, like in the 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 older older section, and I don't know if have you seen it in the newer stuff, the the little fairies. Uh, out and about in the in the scenes lately that's true i don't i noticed them and I, I did notice them um in the old in the first arc or not the first arc the first half of this this arc with the old studio i noticed one in the room with wendy when she was first being hospitalized right but i never noticed them after that and it, and that's 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 one of the things it's it, so was that a studio thing, Easter egg, or I mean, was that I'm, I'm a, assuming was that so? The creator does that in his comic strips. My 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 point to it is is more along the lines of there's there's there there is an aspect to I not necessarily graduating to a certain point. I mean the the point that that I'm bringing out is sometimes you can notice things that are out of the ordinary, and that's that's kind of the thing that I kind of lean towards with off modeling is, is, is you'll happen to notice something that's just not right. And usually when you, when your eyes focus on that, then you start to notice, okay, that just looks stupid. Like, um, I did when, when the new, new studio did take over, I happened to notice, um, uh, some of the characters were running down a street and, and in particular, Mary Jane, her arm was not turning correctly. Now, (laughs) It's that's not off model. That's just a an animation issue. And it, and your it's, anatomy's wrong. In your a anatomy show is wrong. Big, huge <laughs> things. Um, and and so it's it, it is it, it is one of those things that you. I did do... notice that uh, Ichia just looks very uh, proportionally wrong. I think he's always. <laughs> that's what wrong. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> um, it, it, but but yeah, t- take that into consideration when we're talking about this. It's it's not it's not something that is usually something that's in the forefront. If it is in the forefront, uh, 
I guarantee you, I'd probably blast it to to the rooftops. This this looks like butt, but at the same time, it, you do tend to notice them usually in the background, the characters that are not in the forefront. Yeah, but I, I guess my I, I don't want to say that's like a game like they're they're terrible and this is this is something that's ruining the show for me because it's still it's still a great show and it I think it's only the fact that usually when I'm watching the show especially for this these fairy casts I'm constantly trying to capture I'm I'm constantly wanting to know who is in a certain scene because I'm taking notes on okay well this battle's coming up and these five characters in the battle so I'm constantly checking faces and writing down notes who's in this battle and maybe it's because of that I'm looking at the face to try to recognize them and yeah, I do notice. Okay, that doesn't quite look like that character. Why does? It, I, I guess it's this character, <laughs> but it's never to the. They're so unique. Each of the characters are so unique. It's never like I don't know who it is. So this is probably the scene you were talking about when they ran off. <laughs> I to think the, you are going. <laughs> no, arm. she's just flailing them like a girl. No, this one's going right, no, but this one's going like this. You're wrong. That <laughs> that was perfectly fine. I I can't agree with them on that one. It looks stupid. It doesn't look right. But I wonder, because I, I do want to start, I, w- I do want to take note on that going forward if they do have those Easter egg random creatures in the scene. Because, like I said, that was kind of one of those little flavors that I'm wondering if it is, was it in the original comic? Was it the previous studio? Does this new studio doesn't want to do those Easter eggs? Or maybe they didn't notice the Easter eggs and they weren't told to put the Easter eggs in it. But I will say, when the new studio took over, it kind of went into a very dark scenario. Because, like, everything was being blown up, people were dying. It's It was a scenario where maybe those Easter eggs wouldn't have fit. Yeah. Whereas before, yeah, they're typically in a room or there's a battle that they're currently talking and it's in the background. It's never in, like, a more serious, unless I missed it because I'm so focused on the serious moments. It's never in a, It never seems like it's in a serious moment. So maybe it is just because of the arc that they're in, it's not going to be there. So I, it's I something maybe say, I will look for. I will look for in the next five episodes that are more, you know, jokey and mm-hmm. in between. I want to say I seen one at some point, but it it was one of those things that you kind of just disregard it because you already know that they pop up every once in a while. And I probably just did that, but it is it is. I think I seen one, but I'm not sure. So the t- the controversial topic we have to get into. Oh, I was going to say the character art changing. Oh, okay. I, the character art. <laughs> I think that the character art looks wonderful. I think that the 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 lines are a lot more solid. Um, it it feels a lot more um, like they took time with these characters. Now that could have been a transition in technology. I don't know necessarily. It did seem like the the quality changed, and I wasn't sure. If, because I've always felt like going all the way up until 151 or 150, whatever, or 175, I felt like it was always blurry. Yeah. Almost like a standard definition quality uh, video we're watching all the time. And so I was constantly going, is this not in HD? Do they not have an HD version of this? Was this how they just animated it? Because as soon as Fairy Tale Season 2 hit, and this was in the same year that Fairy yeah. 2 hit, uh, it hit, so it wasn't like... You know, this was back in DigiPaint, and this is now in HD. It was it was being made up into this HD period, but literally within the episode, popping the new studio into the the uh, season two, well, everything even, became super sharp. Even even it, it, I think it was that first episode. I happened to notice that they were using uh, kind of uh, 
flashbacking flashbacking and it was flashbacking to the old and it's almost like night and day going from one one scene to the next scene and you're like wow but this is this is my my point here lasana it's not terrible but it is off Mm -hmm. and i don't know maybe i should just pop back some i'm i'm actually letting uh footage play on the the screen right now just so i can see if something pops up while we're talking um no i yeah it, it definitely did become a lot sharper and that was that was night and day. Like I said, it was almost like they went. We went from watching a DVD to watching a Blu-ray. It was that kind of shift. It wasn't like it wasn't like it, it changed substantially. The, not like the colors changed substantially. It, it just it just everything became sharper. All the lines just were a lot sharper. It did look like it was actually HD, and so that was a much wanted benefit, uh, uh, boost in quality. Yeah. I'm definitely happy about that. But yes, the art style changing a little bit. I, you were mentioning this when we were talking about the previous arc. You were like, yeah, the studio changing. I've heard a lot of people say they didn't like the change. Some people like the change. I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't, I don't find it to in any way ne- uh, be negative or positive. It's just, it's just slightly different. And it's funny because it's different for every character. Like some characters, they got more rounded. Like Lucy looks a lot more rounded. All right. Uh, Urza definitely looks a lot more rounded. Whereas Urza looked a lot more, I guess, subtle. Now she has a lot bigger eyes. Some of the characters got bigger eyes, rounder eyes. Some characters got sharper eyes. I think Juvia, I think her eyes were a little bit more rounder, but also sharper as well. It is, it is odd. <laughs> it is an odd... But you still recognize them because they have such unique features. Like, Natsu yeah. always has the spiky hair and... And Gray has a spiky hair. Urza has the very long and 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 more flat hair, stuff like that. So, Wendy growed up a little bit. Wendy did grow up a little bit. Wendy growed up a little bit. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I didn't notice. Maybe they were trying to get her in it line was a with little bit. or something. It was a little bit. It wasn't much, but it was a little bit. Yeah. So, like I said, I. I'm 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 probably gonna spend some time. Maybe I'll maybe I'll swap back to an old episode while we're talking and to, to confirm if if the off modeling's there. Like I said, it feels like I'm seeing more off modeling. It might be because I'm looking for it now. Um, the art style change, like I said, is it didn't go one way or the other, negative or positive for me. It just kind of it was a a slight change, but I still recognize the characters, so it, it doesn't really hurt me anyway. Action. I don't know. I, I think I see a lot more movement, but it, it, it does st- it does seem like the first couple episodes, it seemed like they were doing some amazing animation that was out of the norm for me. Whereas it seems like over time, they kind of got settled into the typical shonen uh, motions of kind of not trying to kill themselves animating yeah. <laughs> 100 or so episodes. So it, 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 does look, it does seem like they did improve, but at the same time... They do still kind of fall into the same uh, sticking points that you usually see with a lot of animation studios. So, with shonens, anyways, except for a foodable because they have way too much money. I'm thinking, yeah, Demon Slayer. <laughs> You're not gonna get Demon Slayer quality with any of this stuff. So yeah, so like, like Kana here is is her her hair is a lot more straighter, and she just looks a lot more um, thinner. Per se, I, I I guess more angly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like I said, I 
unless it's just because I'm trying to notice it, it, it really does seem like, besides the goofy reaction, it didn't, seem, it didn't. I don't remember many times where they were off model with the previous studio, and so maybe that is the the negative of changing over versus getting better quality animations. You do lose that quality and the consistency of the characters. So. I guess we should get to it because this is going to be a very long episode in general because there's so much to cover. Uh, but yes, this is the Grand Magic arc, or games arc, and like I said, technically the Dragon King arc for the second half, which spanned 50 episodes or so, which has been a crazy ride. But let's let's get into it. Uh, let, me, let me ask you a couple of silly questions. Okay. Would you consider this tournament? Yes, a, a very frustrating style of tournament, in my opinion, um, which I guess we could technically go over now because it would I don't know where I would put in here, except for after a few points in which I re- I got frustrated by the actual tournament. I was groaning over the idea of going into a tournament arc. <laughs> I don't ever well, like well, tournament the first, arcs. First time I mentioned that, that we we were getting a, a, a tournament arc, I, I, I know I heard a slight, uh, even if it was an internal groan coming from Andrew. So, yeah, I was expecting that. Yeah. But here's my frustration. I like this arc. This was probably one of my m- most enjoyed arcs out of all of them. I think because it was so movie... The main key thing is, is it felt like so many characters had moments. Yeah. There was so many character moments. Ulterior was probably the biggest, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm happy with it, but Ulterior was probably the most uh, deep and emotional points of the entire thing. Uh, Sting had a great moment. Uh, Urza had a fantastic moment in it. Uh, Urza and, and Kagura and... Uh, Meliana and Jalal all had a great moment. Gajil had a great moment. Like, every character had their moment in this arc. Mm-hmm. Even characters that I'd never met before had their moments. Uh, Yukino, Kagura. It was it was just overall a lot of moments where I'm like, that kind of defined this character. Or that kind of was a great moment for this. See, this, these characters are always in model. It has to be the new studio. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I've seen all these moments where it's showing the grand the stands and it's showing the characters in their little guild boxes and they're not off model. So it has to be the new studio is is starting to let that kind of stuff slip, which is unfortunate. But anyways, so I liked it because there was so many character moments, so many moments where it defined a character and that's that makes it great. The tournament itself, I hated it. I hated it as a tournament because it seemed like Usually with a tournament, it's it's a test of each character. Each character, you have, okay, these two characters are going to go against each other. Let's see how one can overcome the other. One might have to figure the other person out and overcome them, or they're just going to be swept under the rug because they just can't outmatch somebody else's power, or they're just not a good combination. I expected that to happen. I expected bad combinations that would be a little bit upsetting. But what I didn't like was that there was so much focus on there being so many dirty plays that the tournament didn't matter. That's yeah. my frustration. The tournament itself didn't matter. It was it just wasn't, a, it, was it wasn't just, a tournament. It was just a reason to have everybody. It there. was a means to the end. Yeah, and and I and I agree with that. I mean, <laughs> Especially with having uh, Raven Tell in there. Raven Tell made it not a tournament. Like it, Raven Tell alone was the reason this was not a tournament. This was just a 
just a battle royale with a bunch of characters and a lot of mischief happening in between. And that's what frustrated me, because every time, every time Lucy went out there, she became a punching bag for one of the, one of the Raven Tail people. Every time uh, any, any character that went in there, the Raven Tail was going to do something that would, would you know, throw them down. And it, that's what made it really frustrating. I literally, after I think probably the third time Lucy became a punching bag for somebody, while somebody was, uh, <laughs> while somebody was hostage or something, I'm like, this is just stupid. They're, they're, and even there was even points in which it wasn't a secret that there was foul play in play. They still allowed it. And I'm like, this is like the worst competition ever because there's no rules here to prevent obvious things that could happen. And that's what really, really frustrated me. But it's funny because, like I said, I even though I hate it as a tournament, and it was probably one of the worst tournaments I've ever seen in anime, I still liked it for the character moments. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I absolutely... This was... Like, even Elfman had a moment. Elfman! <laughs> the guy that just says man, <laughs> man every two go. seconds. <laughs> he had a moment. <laughs> hey, th- th- this is... I wouldn't say this is my favorite arc. I still think that probably my favorite arc is the... Um, the uh the the pillar where they were um where Erza Erza yeah. and, and Jalal had that throwdown that that still is probably my favorite this is pretty daggum close because i really love a lot of things that happen in this one you got a lot of introduction of new characters you got some you got some really tender moments uh between uh lucy and natsu yeah just um, just make out already what yeah just do? just do it already <laughs> like you even have an opening with it like every single time the opening would play we'd have to like skip through the opening and then it gets that last part and it's like just kiss <laughs> like every episode we had to say just kiss so yeah there's some phenomenal character moments like andrew was saying i really loved a lot of the things that were going on in this this particular section but no, the I did I, the Dragon King segment. I liked it, but it really did. It, it was funny because I think uh, was it Rogue or or Sting was saying that it was a letdown, and I'm like, I feel the yeah. same way. It was like it was very anticlimactic. It, I almost felt like because they had a certain point in which they kind of undo everything, and you know, based off of what Lucy's found, that that should be it. It was still a moment of like, well, is is that it? it? Wait, that is it. Okay. Well, I know it's still not going to be it because the shadow is still there. There's still the looming issue about what happens to Fro. They're they're going to come back at some point, or this this threat is going to come back at some point. But for now, it's like. Well, that was kind of a little anticlimactic. And, and I knew it was coming because it was at some point they were still fighting and not doing anything in like episode 21. And I'm like, you literally have like two episodes left to do something. So either the dragons are going to fly off and we're going to have to deal with them later or something's going to get resolved. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't, again, it was still a good arc just because the character moments. Ulterior her sacrifice that kind of stuff i will give you that one but i i do as far as a a uh if you want to call it its own separate arc this one would probably be my least favorite because i did not i thought that they they trying trying to kind of they built this up some of the sections felt really dragged on for way too long and it and having some of this kind of blend back and forth between the two sections, 
having those tender moments in a lot of these characters and then having this kind of real big build up to something that kind of just it it just didn't work out very well for me especially with having the way having the build up having the climax that they had just absolutely kind of ruined it for me i and it's it, it is really frustrating to kind of have these high highs and these kind of low lows and having yeah the the for me the the tournament was re- kind of goofy and fun and having all these goofy things um that that was that i did enjoy but at the same time where we were going into this what they had built up for literally like we were talking about almost 50 episodes and then to just cut it off the way they did it was like yeah i guess you could do that but at the same time, I did agree with the same character that was saying, well, that was, you know, not satisfying because they didn't technically beat them. But he also said at the same time, it's really frustrating because, holy crap, yes, dragons are extremely powerful. Yeah. So it was a a definitive sign that, yeah, we're kind of screwed when it comes to Agnolia. 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 Because he's supposed to be like extreme, he's supposed to be able to take out all these other dragons, and yet we spent several episodes of them going super duper attack. Did that work? And I'm we're going no. And yeah, sure enough, it's like oh well, that was nothing. <laughs> they didn't even change. They didn't even get a scuff on them. So it it is kind of like one of the signs of like yeah, that did kind of show us just how powerful these things are, which is technically really cool. But I I, I agree with you. the The frustrating thing thing I had with the the buildup was that you had, I would say, I don't know, 40 of the 50 episodes was literally over and over again. It would pop over to, um, this is the Knights guy's name, Ar- uh, Arcadios. It would pop over to Arcadios, or it would pop over Hisui, and they would constantly repeat themselves about, yes, Eclipse 2 is coming, or... We need to prepare for Eclipse 2, or there, this guy gave a prof, uh, came in and told me that the world's ending tomorrow if only this one guild actually wins. So I'm waiting to find out if that one guild wins to decide if I'm going to do something about this. Cut back an episode later, I'm going to decide based off of what happens with who wins this tournament if I'm going to do something about this thing. Yeah, change something the wording has been prophesied. just a little bit. And it's like, I'm... I'm uh, and of course, again, I'm taking notes the entire time I'm watching because I want to, you know, be able to do a, gr- a good breakdown. And every time Hisui would come on, or every time Arcadios would come on, I'm getting ready to type something, and then I realize I typed the same damn thing I've typed 50 times in the outline. <laughs> so that was a real frustration. Was that you had this? I, I even when I went to redo the notes, I'm like, I just I'm not even going to bother writing in all these moments where they were explaining something because you can literally explain it in two sentences because it's spent you know, 25 plus episodes constantly repeating the same thing over and over again, that something's happening. Eclipse is coming. We need to do Eclipse. We need the door. We need the Twilight Celestial Wizards and blah, blah, blah. It was just kind of really frustrating in that regard. But again, like I said, even though I had my frustration with the tournament, because there was too much foul play in it that made it useless as a tournament, I still, and even though the, the dragon part was a letdown, it was epic. Overall, it was 
great because of the character moments in every time. I mean, I, just, I, I absolutely love Natsu uh, working with one of the dragons because they recognize Ignil. I was like, that was really, really cool. I love that moment. Every character had a moment that really did surprise me. The then of course there's the typical tropes and the, that there's a lot of characters that were super evil that just become friends at the end, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. Like they had the moment where the the crazy girl from uh, what was what was she from Raventail the flare girl and she's helping Lucy and it's like the chick was crazy and nearly killed Lucy and now she's like oh, I want to be friends with Blondie or something Blondie. I don't know what she was doing. <laughs> it was it was a little off a little 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 weird but. Yeah, let's get into it. Like I said, well, we're already 30 minutes in and we haven't even started going through the summary and everything. But like I said, I did break it down pretty well. So hopefully this won't be uh, a lot of uh, scrambling to figure out what I'm going to really discuss with this one. But yes, the Grand the grand Magic games. So, of course, we open things up. Zentopia Archbishop has admit his wrongdoings with the whole crazy celestial thing that we had in the previous arc. Uh, all the celestial wizards re- uh, return, they, but they've lost their powers. Uh, the legions came and visited fairy tale, and they gave you know pretty much a goodbye forever because they, in their mind, we of course we know we're going to see them again. There's no doubt we're going to see them again, but who knows? They're going on a big journey to essentially find all the clock parts and reseal them. And they've made it their goal, and they said we're probably not going to be back anytime soon because we're going to be traveling across the world to find these things. So that was a little disappointing. I don't I don't want to see. I did like a couple of the characters in yeah. that group, so it does it does kind of upset me to kind of see them again supposedly probably gone forever because they're just gonna be traveling but of course our characters travel a lot so they'll probably bump into them at a bar or something like that maybe we'll see see. have they have they are you gonna spoil things have they bumped into them you're very close to me remember that (laughs) what oh very close and uh, that's funny because i i totally thought we'd we'd mention the fact that chris was like in the middle of this art this thing and at some point way late and he's like still talking about how he knows something's gonna happen i'm like where are you (laughs) what have you found i really i really don't know where i'm at i i think that it might be the next arc but i don't know for sure i do know (laughs) that i've been through all this so yeah i thought you were browsing through it the other day to find out where you were at well, you did say that you had an episode that you liked that was at the end of the next arc. So yeah. obviously, you've seen the next arc too. Well, I don't you've know. Skipped. I don't. I, it's very possible. I don't know. Hmm. So yeah, going forward, I'm pretty we, sure I've, I've got I got through the okay. So then it would be the next arc after the next one. So yeah, it was pretty much the end. <laughs> pretty close to the end. Uh, so yeah, I, we found out I know that, it uh, was. I know I cut out before Fairy Tale Zero because didn't you start Fairy Tale Zero? No, I did. I watched Fairy Tale Zero. So you've seen the ending? No, that's no, not Fairy the... No, in... Yeah, because it was a final arc after that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we found out that Sabretooth is now the number one guild of all time, replacing Fairy Tale, and um, now we are essentially on a quest to become Fairy Tale being the number one guild of all time again. Uh, Makarov wants to pass on leadership to Gildar at some point. He takes him downstairs to this... Uh, what he calls the true nature of the guild. They go under. They actually go underground in the old abandoned fairy tale building that they lost. <laughs> They're like, "Are we not allowed to be in here?" It's like, you know, is somebody gonna stop you?" Uh, it shows him the Lumen Lumen Histori Histori. Yeah, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, which we don't get to see, but that's what they call it. It's 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 light and bright, but yeah. 
Uh, and that's, that's, that's the point in which Gilar basically says, yeah, not going to happen, and runs off. <laughs> and we don't see him again for the entire arc. It's like, all this stuff is happening, the world's ending, dragons are coming, and literally never see Gildarts again, which was kind of disappointing. Well, that's kind of how Gildarts does things, doesn't it? Yes, that, that technically <laughs> is how he does it. Uh, he's not mun- much for responsibility, <laughs> even leaving his daughter behind to die. <laughs> Anyways, uh... In another show of what seven years has done to the characters, Natsu fights Max, and Max kind of gives him a run for his money. You don't remember that part? No. He had the new sand magic, or magic that he was able to do. And and then, yeah, finally, Natsu did like a crazy fireball that knocks out half the the entire forest and realizes that was nearly (laughs) kill. Uh, I guess that, I guess that's the point in which they go off into uh, see the granny again. Uh, I don't remember. I don't even know how to pronounce her name, so I'm just going to call her Granny. The, the the what we find out to be Grandini Edelus version, which that mm-hmm. was weird. Yeah, I didn't I, know we would have Edelus versions that are human personified <laughs> of dragons. Have we had any other characters like that so far? Just Jalal and her, and and then the dragon slayers. No, I mean, people that are in Edelos that were dragons. That are the dragon equivalents. I haven't seen any of no. Because we have, we have so many characters that are either exactly the same on both sides, they look exactly the same, or they have different personalities. But And we had the, the king of Edelos versus what we assume is Makarov, is, the, is the, this size version. Right. But nothing that way. Like, that was weird. That was like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm the dragon of the other world, basically, which was... I guess an interesting take if they do that again with other characters. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, they kind of found out that, yeah, they're, they're kind of, their magic is trying to catch up to the seven years. Was that insinuating that they, that they like skip forward and that their magic will build up to their point in seven years later? The no, way I don't remember the way saying they worded that. It, it was something like their powers, it, their, they've created a gap and the, their magic power hasn't caught up to their seven-year gap. See, I don't remember that. Now, if you want to say it in the fact that everybody else has got gone ahead seven years, and so technically they have to catch up to them. Right. That's, that's, that's the assumption. Right. But like I said, the way they word it, and this could just be lost in translation, the subtitles sounded like it was saying their power hasn't caught up to them. And so it almost felt like, was that meaning that they have to build up themselves, or does that mean that they just have to unlock it? Which they technically do with a cheat, but <laughs> it, was, it was an interesting way that they kind of worded that, that kind of made me question a little bit. So, uh, the granny, I'm just going to call her granny because I don't want to pronounce her name. The granny basically says, hey, Wendy, I, I've, I've met Grandini, and... This is something that you would want that you need to have from Grandini. It's this like spell that you can learn, and it was going to power up Wendy a little bit. So that was that was cool. Um, then we jump out to meeting the new uh, members of Sabretooth, which is Sting and Rogue, and they're both Dragon Slayers. <laughs> they're third generation Dragon Slayers, which was because they quote unquote killed their dragon. Right, so that was interesting, even though they turned out to not be that great. <laughs> that was kind of a letdown that they're not that great. <laughs> but whatever, uh, you know, you can't beat Natsu or or anybody else, so because they are they are the main characters. So, um, 
yeah, they go off to the beach to train. And while they're at the beach, the uh, Celestials come in. They say, Lucy and everybody come to the Celestial world. We want to have a party. They go to the, they have a party and they come back out. They were supposed to be training for three months and they come back mm-hmm. out and they lost three months. <laughs> yep. So they lost seven years and they tried to train for three months to get caught up and they lost three months. So they don't seem to have any luck with time whatsoever. Uh, Virgo wanted her to punish her. Yes. Because uh, Virgo she always did. wants she wanted to punishment. be punished. <laughs> that was funny, though, because the, the Celestial King guy had like the stupidest laugh. <laughs> and I kept getting a kick out of it. It, it was a funny. It was a. I, it was a funny little kind of insert goofy party with all the the celestial zodiacs, whatever you want to call them. So one of the few times that you actually get to see them all at the same time. Yes. Even though Lucy is now controlling two at a time now. Yes. Well, technically they controlled all of them, but they had to connect their chests. Her and Yuki, <laughs> Yukino, whatever her name is. Yeah, Yukino. I got a kick out of it. I'm sorry. It's like every time they touch their their chest together, they super overpower celestial zodiac sign Dragon Ball Z power up thing. <laughs> uh, let's see here, jumping forward, uh, we find uh, they run into Jalal, Altir, and Melty. So we got to see the new Altir and, and Melty, and they look a lot better. I, I think uh, Melty had a much needed change. I, I don't know. Do you like old Melty or new Melty? Altir definitely looks better. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I just didn't like yeah, the whole I they, weird I think wing both... thing and her outfit. It just didn't work for Melty. Yeah, I, I I I I guess I I like them both in the in the new section. So so they've made an independent guild called Crime Sorcery, which they are focused on targeting Zeref and the Dark Guilds. So that was that was an interesting thing, um, and they offer up to. Not soon, everybody else. Super Power Balls, which will unlock their second origin. And allow is... and allow Lucy to control two celestial spirits. Yeah, basically. And um well that was that was the funny thing, because that that was the that was almost like the fairy tale version of the Dragon Ball Z time chamber. Yeah. It was like because they even went into a room too. <laughs> it was just like a room for them to scream in, basically, because when they use this powerball of like stored energy that uh that um, Ultir had made, it was like excruciating pain because it had to like unlock their power and, and build up this massive amount of energy within them that would kind of open up like a second mana bar is pretty much what they explain yeah. it as. Like they have these two energy balls now and they can have this other reserve or in case of Lucy, just use it all at once in order to, to unlock two uh, summons at the same time, which is cool. It was funny because <laughs> after you, we had this little moment with Urza and, and Jalal, but after that, you had this whole moment where they're just t- saying goodbye to Urza as everybody else is rashing in pain inside this little room. And they're like, they realize at some point, Urza literally is just unlocking it while she's standing there talking to them. She's like, no, there's no pain to Urza. She's like, yeah, whatever. I'm good. I'm just getting powered up. I don't have no problem. Everybody else is like, it, like painful to watch because they're just in so much pain. Uh, but no, we had a little moment with Urza and Jalal kind of talking to each other, and we almost had, almost had our moment with Urza and Jalal. And then Jalal failed miserably. He failed miserably. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh, oh I, I can't kiss you because I have a fiance, and of course we know that's not true. But Even he, Urza knew that wasn't true. Yeah, she she knows. We had a little moment again later on, but yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of getting frustrated with that whole dynamic. Of course, it, that is a typical thing. Is like we probably won't ever see any kind of connection with any characters until like the last episode, 
hopefully we'll have. And we something. better get some dang good pay- payoffs for this. <laughs> I, that I that I'll say. I've seen possible spoiler images that frustrate me, but um, fail. I'm I'm hoping you got spoiled. I've seen one. I don't, I've know, I don't know if it's a fan to, art. Been, I don't know if it's a like a last minute shot of the show. But yeah, I've seen something that kind of frustrates me. I'm happy about it, but at the same time, it's frustrating that I know it. So we'll see. We'll no, see. I don't we'll want to know. We'll I, I, I do really good to stay away from spoilers on this show. So. Well, when you're making outlines like this, it really does suck because like I, I have to be so careful to type in. Like even like I'm trying to remember what was in you know say the. Who was in the group for Lamia Scale? Like, I forget that Toby was in there or that Sherry was in there. So when I look up Lamia Scale to try to remember what what team was their team, I could obviously find Lamia Scale dies from uh, the the Super Agnolia Dragon. Like, I can easily find a title like that, and that's what really frustrates me. Is that looking up anything, you're gonna find that right now. If you just search Fairy Tale, you're probably gonna see the image I'm talking about, just because. Everybody has it as a thumbnail on their videos and crap now, so it's frustrating. <laughs> so, anyways, we jump to the tournament ending or the tournament beginning. Like I said, in order for them to become number one, they have to go to this tournament that is taking place in I forget the name of the kingdom. Is a kingdom and it has a tournament. Fiori, Fiori is the kingdom that they're in. Well, that's like uh, overall, but is yeah. Fior- Fiori is not that one. Caracas is the town. Crocus, that's what I was trying to think of. In this town, they have this tournament. It's like up on this really tall hill, which surprising everybody gets up there. <laughs> but um, but he is the king of the of Fiori. Right, 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 right. You're right. So uh, we start things out. We've picked a team for uh, Fairy Tale, which is Natsu, Gray, Wendy, and Lucy. Uh, they were going to pick. <laughs> it was my my immediate response was why Lucy. <laughs> But then we find out that Laxus is gone, and of course, Guild Arts is gone, and they could have put Mary Jane in there or somebody, but no, they, they put Lucy in because it's Lucy's story, as Chris has pointed out here recently, which I technically agree with. It It, it is one of those funny things. I, I, I pointed it out to Andrew earlier, it's because one of the things that I find odd about this show is is you you... If you stop and consider, well, it opened up with her. Yeah, it, it opens up with her. her the, enti- the 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 story is revolving around Lucy, and if you consider how all of the stories have shifted, they're usually revolving around Lucy in some way, shape, or form. Even though she is technically, practically the useless character in this entire show, she is technically. Girl. She is technically the the main character of the show. She is the protagonist. Natsu somehow is the one that you end up following the entire time. You you end up following some of the other characters, but Natsu is portrayed as the main character somehow, way, shape, or form. Yeah, he's the hero. He's the one that always ends up kind of overcoming everything, which is is, is kind of frustrating because I I do want I do like Lucy. Yeah, but I guess the that's that's just the writer's humor is that. She is technically useless, and they she kind of tr- keeps trying because she does grow to love this guild that Natsu basically brought her into. If I remember correctly, she first met Natsu, right? Yeah, yeah. So it is kind of her bringing into this group and learning to love the group, and yeah. And please don't 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 misunderstand. I love Lucy. Lucy is a great character. She is absolutely even one though of the Ur- most even though hers is better. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, no, Wendy's better than both of oh, them. But <laughs> Wendy's useless too. <laughs> Wendy's as useless as Lucy. Wendy, Wendy tries so hard. <laughs> She's gotten so much more power, and then she can't even use any of it. 
She has I know, a she heart. Stood, she stood her ground to the dragon, and I give her credit on that one. So, it, but again, Natsu wins and saves everybody in the end. Anyways, so <laughs> she she kept it distracted for a good while. <laughs> she wasn't hey, going to become its food. She 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 had Laxus this time. Laxus helped out. Yeah, that was a, that was a cool little team up. The little team powers. So yeah, we get. Could we get you new imagine outfits? if like they if they do the if they do the um the the grumpy big guy with the with the lolly with this 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 particular show? The that would be a weird show. Oh, no, no. You know how they always do that in in shonens? There's always the big guy who's who's lumbering, and they have a, a lolly that's always on his shoulder. Well, I was kind of equating that to Levy and and Gajil. Yeah, like I I, I could see that, but they're they're a little bit more closer. But yeah. And you do have Elfman and, and, and Evergreen or whatever her name is. Evergreen is not a lolly. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm saying you do have contrast there. You do have quite a bit of contrast there. Um, yeah, that is that's technically a thing. Did you like the outfits they had in the tournament? I was all right. Unfortunately, it. Elfman could not fit in Wendy's outfit. <laughs> that was hilarious. So basically, you had the team with, with Wendy. Elfman was not in the team, and of course... The night before, Wendy goes out exploring, and she gets attacked by somebody from Raventail that zaps her of all her mana. And so, like, in a pinch, Elfman jumps in and says, okay, I'm going to help you guys with this first kind of elimination round. They had, like, 100, was it 113 guilds came, and they wanted to break it down to eight. So they had a big elimination challenge, and Elfman has to kind of jump in and say, okay, I got to join because Wendy's out of commission. And they go in, they do their, their, their competition, and... Of course, they have the next day, everybody's in their outfits, and Elfman's sitting there with this itty-bitty thing, like, <laughs> pinched in his fingers. That is Wendy's outfit, and he's like, yeah, I can't wear this thing. I'm like, yeah, please don't. <laughs> please don't wear that. Uh, that was that was funny. I, I did enjoy that. So, yeah, this is kind of broken down into games. We have the second game comes in. Um, we have picked members. Essentially, each one of the days... Uh, there's a competition, and it starts off with one kind of really weird-themed competition where they have one person from every single guild will come in and do an event. And then they'll get points based off of where they position in that event. And then right after that, they have a second part where it's like a battle segment where they just choose a bunch of people from each one of the guilds to versus each other. So one person from this guild against this person, one person from this guild this person. So that's how, how it's kind of broken down. So on the first day, we have uh, Juvia, Leon, Gray, uh, Yeager, Beth, now Pudding, Eve, and Rufu. They do a competition where they're in the town, and there's a bunch of copies of them everywhere. And if you get a hit on one of the other persons, they immediately get teleported and get stunned for a while, and that guild gets a point. If you hit a copy, you lose a point. So what was your thought on that event? Kind of boring. It was, it was, it was like the first moment when we got a sign that Rufus is really OP. Yeah. Because <laughs> he does like this memory make. <laughs> Shoots everybody and it's like, what the hell is memory make? What the hell is this ability he's talking about? I memorized it. Memory make. <laughs> like reign of death on everything. Um, yeah, it was, it was um, basically Gray being kind of his face being pushed in the mud. And it's, of course, the first moment where we get the whole idea that, yeah, this Raven Till guild is like out to get the fairy tale members yeah like they don't care about the competition like they just focused on basically <laughs> taking off andrew as they do whatever they can to screw up the competition and make it about them pushing their face in the ground so and it and it, and it 
it was probably one of the weaker events. It was it was interesting to have this kind of weird concept as to how they would were go- it, it it was because it was effectively the opening of the tournament because it the the first event per se was not really it was a big old maze that was about as close to an event it was funny they were they had chose at some point they're just gonna knock out the other members and steal their maps they were making (laughs) i did kick kick out that but it but it wasn't it didn't really show the the um the tournament as a tournament it just was a elimination round and it was just mostly pure chaos like andrew was saying now this one was an actual event and and to set it up for this it was kind of like um yeah it was interesting to see a tournament in their style as far as how a tournament would be considered because there's magic involved what would you do differently and this one was interesting but at the same time it just kind of got stuck in a bunch of still characters and panning across and hoping to see one of the characters moving and doing something. It was this is also the point which I guess by this point we got a really clear picture that everybody was just booing fairy tale most of the time and that was kind of technically the case for about half the tournament was just fairy tale always being at the bottom and everybody just booing them every time they went on the stage. Which is frustrating to me because I'm I'm thinking to myself, okay, we've established that okay, fairy tale comes in and everybody knows that Fairy Tale has not been number one in seven years because this group disappeared. I think that if a guild is big enough to be the number one guild in the entire lands, they would have face to them. Like people would know who Natsu is. People would know who yeah. Urza is because they're the number one guild, and these are the people that are in it that are really strong. People are going to know who Guild Arts is. They're going to know who Makarov is because again, number one guild. And so I would assume that the people as a whole would know when they went downhill is because those people disappeared. Yeah, and that, so to that, see them return seven years later at this competition, I would assume people would go, "Oh wait, they're back after seven years of sucking." But these are the people that were what made it. Yeah, and that 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 I agree that that was one of those kind of implausibilities of the entire situation. Even when the with the old man who was in the 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 announcer box and he yeah, was talking friend. yeah and he was talking about no i wouldn't take these these guys lightly because they're coming back from a long time being away so right. it was yeah so yeah it was it was basically gray being having his face pushed in the mud which upset him uh we went to the second part which we had the first battles was lucy versus flair which this is again the very first part where andrew's just getting really frustrated by this because it was essentially Lucy was actually doing well against Flair, was actually beating the crap out of her. It wasn't until Flair, like, tunneled her hair underground to take hostage the little girl in, in Fairy Tales group that Lucy had to kind of stop and allow herself to get the crap beat out of her, which, again, kind of goes to the whole idea of, well, obviously she's sitting there just, you know, torturing her. Why would this match keep going? <laughs> but, yeah, it was that was, like, the first point of my frustration, the idea that this is going to kind of keep going. And it sucked because it had this moment where it was going to have a payoff, like at the very end of it. And this, again, this is in, in my frustration with this entire tournament. There was a payoff moment. Lucy was going to use her second origin to essentially do like her big, huge fairy bomb thing that she had. I'm not sure what yeah. the hell it was called. It was like celestial bomb or something like that. Uh, Eclipse boom or something. And then of course, one of the members of the um, Raven tail basically zapped all of her mana. And 
made her able to stop and then she lost still, which was again, like really extremely frustrating and not paying off. But like I said, I do understand the idea that they were really trying to create this element of them being underdogs. But at this point it was like, yeah, this is going to get really frustrating, isn't it? Agree, disagree? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, we have uh, Arania versus Ran, which I don't think was anything important. Uh, Warcry versus Orga, which is where we found out that Warcry's power was he gets stronger the more he cries. <laughs> which was really weird. <laughs> I don't know. Jura uh, versus Misugan, which was funny because Jura was like one of the ten most powerful somethings or another. Uh, Saint Wizards. Yeah, it's like it's like he's super overpowered. Everybody's like freaking out about him being there. Uh, and of course, we know that Miskigan is, you know, Jalal, and he's super powerful. And he's about to use like some super crazy attack, but then Altir forced Melty from a distance to use her like uh, emotion link thingy-majiggy and then start messing with her to make her make him laugh, and it threw him off, and then he lost to Jalal. <laughs> Which was kind of again a letdown because I did kind of want to watch Jalal like go all out with this Jura guy. Yeah, that would have been fun, and it didn't. But yeah, I guess it technically would kind of reveal who he is. Um, let's see here. Had a little moment with Juvia, kind of having a mental shipping of Lucy and Gray, which was was kind of funny. Sharla uh, starts beginning to have her visions of Lucy being in a battlefield of dragons and death around her, and her singing which i wasn't really sure why she thought that she was singing she definitely looked like she was crying in pain but <laughs> charlotte's weird like that move on to the third game which was this is still this is so stupid i guess it's just his humor the game is called chariot and their whole thing was that they're going to run across all these carts to the finish line which is at the the beginning of the the arena and so they chose, like, every single Dragon Slayer that has motion sickness to be on their teams. So you had Gajil, Natsu. Of course, I guess I didn't mention before, there is technically two fairy tale teams. For some weird reason, they managed to make an A and a B. Uh, so yeah, Natsu, Gajil, Sting was there. Uh, was that all the... Was that all the Dragon Slayers that was there? Natsu, Gajil, yeah, Sting, just the three. Black Spang, Ichia, Yuma, Risley, and Bacchus. So yeah, it was just them three that were just kind of slowly crawling across each of the platforms to get to the end. And Sting like, just and then they in. confirmed at that point that every Dragon Slayer gets uh, motion sickness. It was pretty, but Wendy isn't. I know, just them. I I don't know how Wendy's. They just kind of confirm that there is a thing about Dragon Slayer. Maybe that that's what it was because Laxus. They they did they did ask Laxus and he said don't tell anybody. And I yes he did. Say that. I yeah, want to say that Rogue h- hinted that he does too. So yeah, I miss the Rogue thing. And we still have to find out if this Cobra that apparently is one gets it too. Yeah, they pick and choose when but they want to play that. Cobra apparently is a um, artificially created. Dragon is that what Slayer. was going on with that? Yeah, that's what I've read on Wikipedia page. I so he, so he's similar to Laxus then. Laxus just learned Dragon Slayer magic. I didn't hear anything about him being a artificial one. That I, seems to be, uh, if I remember right, when they were discussing that when he was fighting with Natsu. Probably, and that had something to do with Lacrima. They they put Lacrima in them, and that that makes them into the Dragon Slayer, and then they learn the Dragon Slayer magic. I don't know. 
Could be. Could be. Somehow that's the artificial thing. Uh, let's see here. Moving on, we have the third games part two. We have Kurohibe and or Kurohebi and Toby. They versus, and that was a goofy one because they had this moment where they they challenge each other. They said something like they were gonna reveal something secret about themselves as kind of a wager, and <laughs> Toby ends up losing. And the thing that he reveals to Kurohibe is that he lost his sock and he's been trying to find it. <laughs> and the guy's like, well, it's sitting around your neck because he's had this sock on his chest like all the time. And it's like, why the hell does he have a sock on his chest? But apparently he lost it and he's been looking for it. And so he reveals that it's sitting on him. And <laughs> you have like every, like half the people are like, this is so stupid. And then you have like Urza over there crying because it's such an emotional story. And then the guy takes the sock and rips it in front of uh, Toby which is, like, so tragic. And then you see Urza off the side, and I think it was Grey or somebody was holding her back. She was like, she literally <laughs> she went to jump in there and kill it. this guy because he ripped up his sock he's been looking for for so long. Uh, this is another one of those moments where I really, really, really do love Urza and her kind of weirdness that she would actually find something like she that. She just be wants to have a picnic. What's wrong with that's wanting to have a picnic? That's what I'm saying. She has these <laughs> things about her that are very important to her, and she realizes... The importance of something like losing the sock. That of you've simple lost. things. She likes simple yes. things. Simple things. Yes. She's a simple girl that can transform into many things. Uh, see here. Bacchus went against Elfman. Again, like I said, that was like pretty much Elfman's moment. Uh, of course, we, we pretty much got the sign that Bacchus is really OP. Bacchus is freaking awesome. I like Bacchus. Liked his voice actor. Yeah, like his voice actor. Nicholas from Gangsta <laughs> pops into here out of nowhere. So that was kind of like a yes. I like this character already. But no, he's kind Again, of like one a, of those things that I didn't know him at the time, and so having having that kind of rewatching it and having his voice is like cool. Now I like him. Okay, even now more. I remember why I kind of liked him back in the day. Now I really like him. <laughs> but now Bacchus is kind of like a a drunken uh, monk kind of thing, where the more he gets drunk, the more powerful he gets, and he's very good at like dodging with that kind of drunken dance kind of stuff going on. And uh, they they make a bet at first because Bacchus was kind of egging him on by saying i want to bet you if i win against you i get your sisters and of course that's being lasana and and uh mary jane and Elfman kind of says okay well if, if you lose if you lose you got to rename your guild to quattro puppy quattro <laughs> and so you have this little fight and the way that Elfman kind of overcomes it is he makes himself like super rock solid on this new transformation that he has and bacchus basically beats himself up by trying to beat Elfman as he's like rock solid and so they rename it to Quattro Puppy for the and rest of the they entire refer to it as Quattro Puppy <laughs> for the rest of the games that was kind of funny that was that was kind of funny uh, at the same time Wendy gets kidnapped uh, we find out they were meaning to steal Lucy uh, Miliana ends up running into Urza at night uh, finding out that uh, Miliana is now a part of the mermaid heel and was it Mermaid Hill or was it Lamia Skill? No. It was Mermaid Skill, wasn't it? It would be Mermaid Hill. Yeah, Mermaid Hill. That's right. Um, and yeah, there's her and Kagura that are in that guild are currently trying to find Jalal and to kill him and get their revenge. Um, Mary Jane goes up against Jenny, and since they're both models, they end up just having a beauty contest in which somehow Mary Jane wins by turning into a crazy devil demon thing majiggy which i'm not sure why that would be great but i guess there's a lot of masochists in the group that <laughs> they would cheer for that one i guess 
Um, just a lot of fan service. That's all it is. Uh, Yukino went up against Kagura. Now, this is every single match. I honestly, th- I honestly had a pretty good idea who was going to win every single match. It is kind of one of those things where tournaments often you see them as very one sided unless something really goofy happens and they just win by it. Like uh, Jalal versus Jura. I honestly was like. Technically, Jalal is really powerful, but then they create a goofy thing to make it to where Jalal loses. Right. So there's still that element in there that will throw in wrenches. But this is the only one that honestly really surprised me. <laughs> I really didn't see this coming because the entire time we kept getting shots over to Sabretooth. And there was this one girl in the group, Yukino, and she looked very mysterious. She was constantly looking at Lucy. There was something mysterious about her. She looked like she was going to be like this character that came out and just be super overpowered. And she was. She like summoned... At the same time, two different uh, celestial beings, and one was like these gigantic eels, and one was this one that was controlling gravity, and she was up against this girl that just had a sword. So I'm thinking, like, okay, this is just Mermaid Heel. I don't really know this group. I don't even know who this uh, this Kagura girl is. Obviously, this new mysterious girl is probably going to beat her. Nope. <laughs> that was a completely shock to me. She completely, like, one-shots the, the celestial things, and claims ownership to her which comes into effect later on but no i thought that was that was probably the first really cool fight that i was like oh crap that was that actually ended very surprisingly yeah kagura was one of those characters that i i guess i built up in my head a little bit more than probably she should have been um because i really really was i remember really thinking that she was insane overpowered um and and her only ability her only magic is was it gravity? Yeah, because she, she was, was she was trying to she was trying to counter the gravity that the the celestial being was doing, right? And that's how she she got back to them. And 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 her her entire thing was that she was she was effectively crimped because she was using a sheathed sword until she would go up against Jalal, and then she would un unsheath it, Which... and that was her entire thing. And yeah, I I know I make but... a joke of the fact that she was more powerful with a sheathed, yeah. And, and that that was the thing is I remembered her being so freaking overpowered. And then when I'm watching it this time, I'm like, wow, she really wasn't as awesome as I thought. Now, now a, a character that we're going to talk about in a little bit was he was pretty much as overpowered as I remembered him being. You're talking about the Rufus. Rufus. The the memory make guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was talking about with the, the first match was essentially him memory make writing stuff on everybody. I was like, what does a memory make? Uh, so yeah, that was my first surprise, uh, which that kind of unlocked a whole big O scenario that happened in between the two, uh, the third game and the fourth game was that Yukino went back to the Sabretooths. The Sabretooths, the leader there basically was like, you brought dishonor to us. You are weak. No weak people are allowed here. Made her strip naked in front of everybody, made her burn off her own uh, emblem for Sabretooth and then kicked her out. And then the members of – she went to go see Lucy because she wanted to give Lucy the other two keys that she had. Did she say that she met somebody that mentioned the idea that there was going to need an ever Did they ever mention what happened to the third key? I thought she only had two. She had three. She had the two that were the the, the normal celest, uh, celestial spirits and then she had the the 13th key. That's true. That's right. And I, I don't I, – I, I remembered that, I, but I ne- never seen what they did with that. Huh. You're right. Because, yeah, I was, I was thrown off by the fact they had 13. 
But yeah, she tries to get now. Like I said, I this is one of those vague things that was mentioned that I don't that I don't know if I read it wrong or something. But did she meet future Lucy? Because she mentioned the idea that Lucy needed to take the the keys from her because she learned about this door that was going to be opening that she needed to be able to open. Did she mention who told her that or that she had a dream or something? No, I don't know. Or maybe Argnolia maybe had told her. Somebody somebody had to have told her, but I don't think they ever mentioned who it was that this was going to happen or that maybe she had a dream or something. I don't I don't remember exactly what she said, but she she did tell Lucy that she needed to take him. Lucy's like, "No, I had the bonds that I have with my the the celestial beings that I have, and I'm obvi- obviously you do as well. This is not something you can just give somebody. So don't she didn't take him, which I'm like, damn it, Lucy, <laughs> take him, Lucy. <laughs> um, so, anyways, Natsu feels a little bad because he said something or, or another while she was there. So he went to chase after her and and to apologize to her, and she broke down. Kind of had this whole moment of them kind of recognizing that there's difference between guilds having comrades and guilds just being about power. And so Natsu gets really ticked off and runs off after he finds out that she got kicked out. Runs off and just <laughs> destroys half of Sabretooth's guild and runs in there and takes on the big boss guy and actually gives him a really good run for his money until uh, Miriana was her name? Miriana? The daughter? I'm forgetting her name. Um, Minerva. Minerva shows up and... Like, they say Mariana. Anyway, uh, Minerva <laughs> shows up and says, "Hey, I have Happy and and I have him hostage. Just kind of leave. You've you've done enough damage. Just leave and go away, and I'll let you have Happy back." And so Natsu decides to, even though he's still really ticked off, to leave. And um, so that was a that was a fun night there. It was it was really cool seeing him kind of take on the the boss guy because at this point. I was pretty ticked off at him as well with what he did to Yukino. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of one of those moments of very rare payoffs that you get. I wish he could continue on, but yeah, Minerva seems to be pretty good at sticking her nose in situations that I wish she wouldn't, but that's her character. <laughs> uh, let's see here. They have a little pillow fight, and then we jump on into the fourth game, which uh, they called the Pandemonium. This is a this is one of my Andrew's favorite moments of the entire arc because <laughs> I, I knew it was coming, but it was great that oh, it happened. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, they say okay, I was, this... I, this one was really hard to hold my face straight during this <laughs> this episode and letting letting Andrew experience it the way I experienced it, and it was such a payoff. It was a payoff the second that it it it, it was it, it happened. And and having Andrew watch it for the first time was just it was a great great experience. So yeah. So Pandemonium is like this big old fortress that they created in the middle of the, the arena. And essentially they were gonna choose they had like a power tester to choose who's gonna be at what point in the, the lineup. And whoever went went forward, they had to call out how many of these monsters they wanted to have in the room when they walk into the into the arena, into the, the building. And uh based on how many you choose you can gain points of it, but you have a greater chance over time that you're going to grab one of these, like, few that are really, really powerful. So you don't want to choose a whole bunch because you could possibly get one or two of these really powerful things along with the other ones. So, yeah, you could essentially have everybody coming up and choosing one, and then eventually you might get a really powerful one, but you're going to fight it solo. So they do the little power test, which is kind of funny because um, uh, what's-her-face, Kana decided to use the the fairy 
powerful attack. I guess uh, uh, the first gave it to him. I didn't mention that the first is with them the entire time. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the first leader of the of the fairy tale uh, guild was there as a ghost, and only the people that had the emblem was able to see her. But she gave the super fairy light ability to Kana so that she could use it just to help her out. So that was that was kind of funny. Uh, was any of the other power testings funny? Because this that was one of those ones where it was like reminiscence of like the original tournament, the Cell tournament that they had in not the Cell tournament, but the whole tournament yeah. they had before Cell Arc and Dragon Ball Z. The punching, yeah, you had them go up there and flicking it or whatever, and the power level going really really high. So it was kind of funny to kind of see that. Um, I don't remember if any of the other ones were kind of funny in that regard, except for Urza just going all out. But anyways, uh, yeah, so Urza gets to go first. And I, I knew it immediately. I was like, she's going to say 100, isn't she? She's going to say 100, isn't she? Yeah, so she calls up and says, basically, all of them. I want all of them. And everybody's like, wait, 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 wait. You, you don't really want to do that, right? You're like, no, I'm going to do all of them. <laughs> and so she goes in there and basically just solos the entire fortress of all 100 monsters and... That was that was really cool. That was my my great Urza moment for the entire yeah. arc. So I was really happy about that. That'll that'll go on my list of my favorite moments in Fairy Tale was Urza taking on the entire hundred monster challenge solo, and everybody else is kind of standing outside. Just some of them hoping that she's going to lose that the way they can get their turn, and some of them are just kind of going, "When is this going to be over?" Kana's over there just drinking because <laughs> she knows it's Urza's <laughs> probably going to beat the entire thing. Uh, that was that was really funny. So yes. So part two of that fourth game, we had uh, Miliana versus Semus, which I don't remember that one. Who was Semus? Semus, Semus. Oh. It was a base card beat the crap out of Semus. Uh, Rufus versus Eve, which I don't remember being that interesting. Laxus versus Alexi was probably the bigger one of this particular uh, day of the tournament. Besides Urza, obviously. Uh, which we end up finding out that Alexi is actually Ivan, which is the father of Laxus and the son of Makarov. And we end up finding out that he built the entire of Raventel as like an anti-fairy tale guild that was going to take down fairy tale. And they wanted the Lumen Histori that I mentioned earlier that is apparently in the basement of fairy tale. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what kind of happened is that they. He created like an alternate, like an illusion. So everybody's seen them fighting and Yvonne was kicking the crap out of Laxus and Laxus wasn't able to return any fire. But in actuality, they were actually just sitting there talking to each other and explaining this whole ordeal. And eventually, as this illusion's happening, he even brings in the rest of Raventail to fight uh, Laxus solo. And being that it's Laxus... Laxus kicks the crap out of every single... <laughs> the entire guild. <laughs> he solos the entire guild. <laughs> Which was was pretty was pretty awesome. I I think like the only one that was probably the big threat that was obviously Orbra. Obra wasn't really powerful. He's kind of a accent. If he's with another another magic user, he's overpowered because he can essentially stop the magic of the other person while his allies can beat the crap out of him. So obviously, Obra had to go first, and then it was pretty much cake after that point, just beating the crap out of the rest of them. And of course, it was revealed that Yvonne, you're not allowed to have your guild leaders be a part of this tournament. So having Yvonne in there pretty much disqualified the entire guild and they got kicked out after that point. So what do you think of that? Was that OK, good, bad? It was it was interesting to get a get a kind of background as to what 
Raven till, tells Dill was. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of underwhelming. But see, this was a great point of the entire thing because finally the the well, I guess technically you still had uh, Sabretooth with um, Minerva still still doing diabolical things. But at least at this point, the one that was inter, you know interacting and and causing interference from the outside or causing interference from the inside outside was kind of finally gone. So it was one of the bigger stains that I hated about the tournament was finally gone, which was a positive for me. But yeah, that that happened. So when we had Sherry versus Wendy, so it was two two little cute girls fighting each other. Yes, and they both <laughs> gave it their all. So you had uh, Sherry, we found out, was a Sky God Slayer. So there's another God Slayer. Uh, so they kind of found it out. We found out that Sherry had the ability to not only heal others, but she was able to heal herself, which was kind of a kind of OP versus Wendy, who Wendy was only able to heal other people. And, and, and so. do support magic, which yeah. Sherry can't do support magic. Yep, yep. That was her trade-off. So they fought it out, and I think Sherry won, didn't she? No, that was a tie. Yes, right. Time ran out. That was right. That's right. That's right. Uh, after that, we had Jalal uh, was caught by Lahar, and that was the point in which uh, the other announcer that we mentioned earlier, that was Makarov's friend, showed up and said, "No, that's not. That's not Jalal. That's that's the the Mystic Jalal again. from the other world." <laughs> no, she, no, he didn't say it was Mystigan. He said it was the Jalal from the other world. He said, "Remember, there's actually people from this Edelos world. Oh. He is the one from him, and he looks like him, and he's." Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm very troubled by the fact that I look like this guy that's supposed to be this evil person. And they kind of, they accepted at the point, but you knew that Lahar wasn't wasn't eating that up. So, but they they let Jalal go anyway. So, uh, that was the point which we had Laxis, I think, Makarov, and the first talking about the the Lumen Historia, which uh, all this point which we cut out of it was that she mentioned that it wasn't darkness. And um, then she started crying, which really upset <laughs> the other two of them because you're not allowed to see the first cry. Uh, we went into the fifth game, which uh, was a naval battle, which is I called it Blitzball. <laughs> it's essentially a big ball of water, and they were all fighting inside of it, which looked like Blitzball. And um, I think the only thing that important happened in there was uh, Juvia using her gray love attack. So her she she was kind of technically had a bonus in there because she's a water attacker and they're in water, um, and then yeah Lucy became a punching bag again. <laughs> Everybody else got knocked out except for Minerva and Lucy, and then Minerva basically spent the entire match beating the living crap out of Lucy. So this is the second time Lucy has been butchered to death in this tournament so far, which is kind of annoying. But again, that was my frustration this entire arc in general. So. Uh, that first race, you too? Yes. Wasn't fun to watch? No. No. Okay. Torture of anybody is not really my cup of tea. She did make a good point that she did them a favor by allowing her to stay in the arena. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't a good thing. Uh, yeah, Urza was pretty gun-ho to go beat the living crap out of her at that point, too. So, But again, that's another one of the things, like, why is this allowed in the tournament? But again, they don't have rules for this stuff. Fifth game, part two, we had Lamia Skell versus Mermaid Hill. Um, I don't really remember much too much about that combination. I think they were, they were two versus two fights. Uh, Sabretooth versus Fairytale, we had... Uh, basically, this is one... I think this is the one they actually converted their teams into a single team. 
So they brought B and A together. So they create a new one, which was a combination of the two teams uh, because they had gotten rid of um, uh, Raventil. So they realized that they had one less guild because Raventil got disqualified. So they wanted to make it even again. So they combined Fairy Tale A and B, which was their new team they made was Urza, Gajil, Natsu, Laxus, and Grey. Uh, we had Blue Pegasus versus Quattro Puppy, because yes, they got their name changed. <laughs> and this is the point where they revealed who the mysterious being that was in the, the weird outfit, which yep. was Nichia. Yes. We got the, the tragic tale that Ichia was traveling and got lost. Got lost and at some point bumped ran into, into somebody all... with beautiful perfume. No, he bumped into all the Edelos people. That came over. Right. But he but the, the, the only one that really one mattered was, was the one with perfect perfume. That looked beautiful. Beautiful, just like him, which was Nichia, the cat version of him from Edelos. And um, Nichia sucks. <laughs> Nichia didn't really do anything. It was kind of frustrating because, like, I don't know where it's like, here's, here's Nichia. This is our secret weapon. And then Nichia just does nothing. But because Nichia tried, Ichia unleashed all of his full power because he didn't want his tribe to go to waste. And so he like became super buffed and beat the living crap out of the Quattro puppy. So that was, that was itchy a moment. Parfume. Sabretooth went up against Fairy Tail. And this is where we had the big kind of face off that we've been waiting for since the beginning of it, which was Sting and Rogue versus Natsu and Gajil was essentially they were laying it out as Rogue was had something against Gajil and Sting had something at Natsu, so it was like this pairing that we wanted this entire time. Which, uh, again, turned out to be a pretty epic fight. It was kind of funny, because right off the bat, Sting wanted to fight the two of them solo. It didn't quite work out the way he wanted to, and then it kind of turned into... It, but they were, like, destroying the entire arena, which was funny. And then at some point, Natsu, like, kicks Gajil into a cart, and the cart goes all the way down to the ground... And it becomes Natsu versus both Sting and Rogue, which Natsu beats the living crap out of both of them solo, which was was pretty cool. So, good. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. So, I've especially the uh, the slowly graduating the powers and and eventually just showing. Look, you you all don't have nothing on Natsu when he gets serious. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. And you had the entire time uh, Lucy back at the hospital bed claiming that she knows that he's going to do it because Natsu promised her that she would he would do it. And then you're like, do you two need to kiss already? <laughs> just 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 do it already. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a good that was a good swung song, I guess, to the old studio, because, like I said, it was it was a pretty awesome match. A lot of a lot of bang in there. It, w- it was pretty awesomely animated compared to, like I said, most of what they've done that I get a little bit frustrated with. So that was that was literally the point in which we transitioned studios because this is when Fairy Tale season two kind of kicks off, and like I said, it kind of opens up with everything being destroyed, Lucy kind of being in a battlefield, crying, having lost everything, and then Natsu showing up to save her from a dragon, and then taking on, you know, gobs of dragons solo, and her saying, "Look, it's it's over, just stop," kind of thing, and it kind of jumps back into the current time. That's point in which we realize that that's not really. Our time, I guess that would technically have been the the a vision of future Lucy, <laughs> which I guess I I almost to say a spoiler. I'm jumping ahead, but it's like people listening to this know what what happened, so it's it's okay. So yeah, um, and of course, queuing that off into the new studio, we get the uh, weird 
Bowser and, and Ultima Online dragon sound effects from all the dragons, <laughs> which I kept joking about the entire time. Whenever they would show up, they sounded like Bowser and, and Ultima Online sound effects. And then cue Chris's favorite opening. Yes. So that was that was the opening Chris apparently thinks is the bestest. As far as I got in the show. Yeah, there you go. I, I agree with him. I, I thought that was a good OP. Um, and I still, but I also think that the, the second OP of that, um, 25 episodes with the new studio was, was solid too. So I was kind of joking with Chris. I'm like, I like this, this other one too. So I guess I could te- technically do for this fairy cast, do the OP that Chris really likes and then do the other one for the closing. So there you go. We'll just have two OPs. Even though I do, I did like the ED of the, the first one. I don't remember what the OP and the ED from the, the last 25 episodes. So yeah, the ED for the, for the, that this particular section I liked as well, but I really, really love that opening. Yep, yep. So kicking things off into the last twenty five episodes, which again I I kind of call the Dragon King arc, is uh, after all this this talk about the stuff happening in the background, it kind of all finally comes to a head. We end up finding out during the last twenty five episodes, we were kind of finding out that uh, the the princess was told by somebody that. If somebody won, that the world was going to uh, get attacked by 10,000 dragons, that she needed to use uh, this celestial gate as a weapon rather than using it to time travel. You had future Lucy kind of showing up, mentioning the idea that she is from a time where this all went down, dragons showed up, and everybody got killed, and that she came back without a resolve, but she came back to warn them that to get out of the castle and get out of this area because this this town's going to get destroyed. Um now, to be fair, it was that this particular guild would win in a specific way. And you can kind of assume it was because was uh, the way? Sting uh, ended up uh, uh, giving up. I didn't I didn't remember him her saying that he gave up. No, that he they never actually revealed what was revealed. But all I heard did, is that she was saying that if if a certain guild won, which doesn't seem like they should Right, and that was that was the, it, it, one in a specific way that should not have happened, and that was the only thing I could figure is that because oh, they all I walked up to him to that. completely weak, and uh, and he gave up even though he could have easily stopped all of them. But she didn't necessarily say that. No, they they never actually revealed what no. was revealed. Okay. Um. So yeah, that uh, with that kind of out of the way, we had. Both Sting and Rogue, of course, have to return back to their master, having lost against Natsu, and he basically starts beating the crap out of them and saying that they need to get out of here and, and strip themselves of their emblem. And as they're kind of doing that, Lect was it Lector, the cat? Lector says, which is Sting's cat, kind of like you know Natsu has Happy. Uh, Sting has a cat named Lector, and Rogue has a cat named Fro, Fro. Frosh, Frosh, Fro. She, he calls Fronosomo. That's the guy that says Fronosomo all the time. It looks like a frog. But yes, um, so his lecture's kind of saying, look, you're supposed to be comrades or something like that. And he's like, what are you doing here? Why are you in this room? The boss says. Lecter's like, hey, I'm a member of this guild too. And he's like, no, weaklings are not allowed in this guild. I never made you a member and just blast Lecter to smithereens. And... This ticks off Sting, of course, and Sting blasts a big old hole into the middle of the boss, which I'm assuming the boss is not dead yet. It kind of made out like he's died, but I don't think he's dead. 
I'd just never seen him again at that point. I'm assuming, I'm assuming because people don't die in this show, except for Lucy. <laughs> people don't die in this. People don't die when they're killed in, in fairy tale. I, I doubt he's he's gone. But yeah, right then, uh, Minerva, the daughter of the the guild leader, kind of shows up and says, "No, this is this is perfectly fine. Look, I got well. They kind of reveal this later, but." She says, look, I got Lecter. I teleported him out of here to keep him safe, which I didn't think was actually true. I, I honestly didn't. I thought she was lying. <laughs> and when they finally kind of had Lecter show up with um, Miliana, I was like, oh, he is actually alive. I thought she was BSing. Because <laughs> you have the whole the whole thing where, like, the light's going off and you see the character kind of, like, slowly disintegrating in the light. I was like, yeah, Lecter's dead. No. The, I, I don't know how you managed to teleport him and made it look like he's disintegrating in the light, but... Whatever. So yeah, she used him as like a hostage to say, "Look, you're gonna you're gonna win this for Sabretooth, and then I'll give you back Lecter." Um, so yeah, that was kind of a, a crazy little segment there, which turned which turned uh, Sting into like a little emo boy for the rest of the arc until he found Lecter again. Uh, so yeah. So let's see here. Uh, of course, because Gajil went down in that little cart, he found like a graveyard of dragons. So he brings Natsu and Lucy and Wendy. Wendy, was that all the people they brought down there? Pretty sure. Brought them all down there well, into the graveyard. Probably the cats too. Yeah, the cats were there. Yeah, Happy and Charla and and and, and Lily have to go. Uh, Wendy uses like a one of her abilities that she learned from um, her dragon that was left behind for her. To kind of summon one a ghost of one of the of the dragons, which was Zirconis, the Jade Dragon, and he was a little goofy guy that kind of told him about the the history, which we find out that 400 years ago the dragons ruled the lands, and at some point some dragons wanted to coexist with humans, and one of the humans ga- granted the dragons the ability to be a dragon slayer, or was it vice versa? Yeah, one of the they they combined their powers to create the dragon slayer. And the Dragon Slayer then started, you know, changing the tides of the war and eventually started killing allied dragons. And then that one became the Dragon King, Argnolia. And then we found out that Zeref turned that particular Dragon Slayer into the dragon. Was that how it went? One of the Dragon Slayers became so powerful that he became Agnolia. But didn't they say that Zeref turned Agnolia into a dragon? I don't remember him. I don't remember that particular section. No, nope, never mind. I ran into a, <laughs> I ran into a spoiler trying to look that up. I was pretty sure at some point they mentioned the idea that not that specifically that Zeref had to turn him into dragon, but maybe he was the reason why he became a the dr- dragon known as Argnolia. I don't know, but that that beside, I know I wrote down on my notes that's what I they said. So I don't know. Maybe I misread it. But anyways, uh, we get back to the whole concept of the Eclipse Project. And um, how to possibly use that to stop what threat's coming. Because uh, Lucy ends up running into... No, this is... That would be... Yeah, that's after it. No, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. So, let's see here. This is the point in which Lucy gets captured along with uh, Yukino because they are looking for this door. And... That's when we kind of separate the guild into two groups. One is going to try to continue to win the tournament, and the other team is going to go save Lucy. Because the king claims that if they win, they will get Lucy back, but there's this idea that possibly they might not, so there's two fronts. Natsu, Mary Jane, 
Wendy, Carla, and Lily and Happy go off to rescue Lucy, while Urza, Greg, Jill, Laxus, and Juvia go to fight in the tournament. Um, let's see here. The group that goes to the castle to save her, uh, Hisui, the princess, decides to, um, as they're rescuing Yuk- uh, Yukino and, and Lucy, kind of opens up the floor and drops them into what they call Hell's Palace. And we come to find out later that she did that because they wanted she wanted them to save Ar- uh, Arcadius, who was apparently sent down there to be killed. Um, <laughs> they're stuck down there for a little bit, so they decide to hey, somebody's probably watching us, right? And so let's just kind of strip and do a fan service for a little bit just to get them to come down and (laughs) stop it. But that, of course, doesn't happen. Uh, They end up finding um, Arcadius at some point, and he's, like, trying to warn them that the, uh, what do they call the Garo Garo Knights. Knights. The Garo Knights, who are executioners of the kingdom, are there to kill them. And so we have a battle out. Natsu versus Kama, who is kind of a guy that has two sides, and one cancels power, and then one is just an attack, I guess. Right? Pretty much. One one cancels abilities, and the other one, who knows what it attacks. does. It does something amazing. <laughs> one attacks. Uh, Lily went up against Nepa, which Nepa was a poison drinker. He just acid. splashes yeah, acid. Yeah, acid everywhere. Uh, Mira Jane went up against Kamika, who uses different types of paper that has different elements. And Wendy went up, Wendy and Yukino went up against Usuke, who is straight out of One Piece. <laughs> he just looks like a One Piece character to me. <laughs> uh, he was like a most frustrating guy. I was like, oh, this guy looks like a total dork. And obviously he's the most powerful. He literally could do anything. I don't even know what his magic was. It's like, he, okay, I can, I'm going to create His lava. ability was I change the, the, the uh, everything. Air, area. Everything. He changed the area. He was controlling he was, gravity, too. Yeah, by changing the area. That's what? all he did. He just changed the area into a gravity zone. That's it. He did everything. He literally that, that was like him and uh memory rate guy, all that kind of stuff was like, who the hell are these characters and why are they so overpowered and why are they losing? <laughs> Cuz they're so overpowered. They shouldn't be losing. Um Cosmos went up against somebody at that point. I think it was maybe he went up I think Cosmos fought Wendy first. I think the one with when they went up Osuke was um I'm getting them all mixed up at this point. But anyways, they all fought each other. Cosmos was like a controlled plants and stuff like that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Which, Cosmos well, I mean, had Wendy. anything important in those fights? No, Cosmos, Cosmos had Wendy. Yukino and Lucy was up against Usuke. Later they were. No, yeah, they were because then this was uh, after they split. Right, Arcadios came in and tried to to rescue um, Wendy. No, uh, Yukino and and Lucy. Right. This is after they split. Then you, what? What? What happened? There was on two your, segments. On your list, there's two segments. Right at the beginning, they were all jumbled up, and then after they split, is what you've got in your list. And I think you just have Wendy accidentally in a in the wrong section. I think she fought her. The like I said, there was two different fights, and I think I got the first fight mixed up with Wendy, but that's fine. I, I don't think that really anything important happened in those fights. It was really just kind of. I, I think Mary Jane had a good moment where she kind of overpowered Kamika and. And did their usual kind of speeches, but overall it was just really kind of showing super OP Usuke. Uh, at some point, 
Arcadios did like a Terminator 2 thing. I was half expecting him to stick his thumb up at some point to do the whole Terminator into the lava thing. Uh, but of course he gets saved by the clock. This is, here's a funny moment. Okay. So, so I'm going to jump ahead for a minute here because we all know what happens later on. But at some point when future Lucy gets, uh, zapped by future rogue, I was like, I was thinking, oh, gosh, when I was doing the outline, my mind immediately went to of all the time, this damn clock shows up and saves people and is super overpowered. Like we had the whole thing with, um, um, Hades and, and Wendy getting blasted into oblivion. And we're like, yeah, they're not going to kill off Wendy, but what are we doing here? And then out of nowhere, there's a clock up there, and it's got Wendy inside of it. And you're like, oh, okay, so you saved him. And then you had the thing with Arcadios. He's going down the lava, and you're like, yeah, he's totally dead. And then out of nowhere, the clock shows up, and he's got <laughs> Arcadios inside of him. And I'm thinking, when I was making the outline, I'm like thinking to myself, why didn't he save Wendy? Because he, he can only do it once because a day. Because he can only do it once a day. So he wasted it on Arcadios. <laughs> I, you just made me dislike <laughs> Arcadios a lot. You know that, right? You see where my mind went and how frustrated I was? You stupid Glock, you saved Arcadios, not Lucy. What the hell? I, it was funny because I'm like, well, this is this is kind of a plot hole. And I was typing how, why didn't the clock show up? The clock always shows up. And my mind immediately reminded myself, oh, yeah, Arcadios and the 24-hour thing. Wait, 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 wait. Is it possible that future Lucy had a separate set of uh, celestial beings than... I don't know, because she never, ever used them when she was there. So I don't know if she lost them during the the Havoc, but yeah, I mean, that was a possibility. But yeah, she never, she never did summoning, which would have been pretty cool if she did. But that, that was probably the reason there too. So no plot holes. It's just a stupid clock. Stupid clock. Chose the wrong person. Just let him melt in the lava. He should have been like dead the moment he stepped in that stuff, because you go into instant shock typically. You would technically go to, to but anyways. Okay, let's see here. Where are my hats? <laughs> Completely sidetracked here. Um, uh, so we had back at the arena, we had a bunch of battles happening. I guess the only ones that are really important was we had Gray go up against uh, the stupid wizard guy, the memory make guy. Uh, I can never remember his name. Rufus. Which, again, was the point which we kind of learned what Rufus' ability was. He started kind of memorizing uh, Gray's abilities and started using his abilities against him. He started randomly popping out books that had, like, ancient arts that were apparently in this place that he was reading and memorizing all them as well, which made him even more overpowered. But then, because Gray is a main character, he somehow manages to beat Rufus. Yeah, because fillings. Yes. And he... Well, the the whole point was that he used magic f- so fast Rufus couldn't keep up and to the point that he beat him. He was combining so many magics and using it so fast, Rufus wasn't able to keep up, and then he got beaten. He got beaded. Yes. Beaded. Because so. Rufus is not as overpowered as Grey is. Rufus is... That is probably the most OP I've seen so far in this show. <laughs> I mean, Hayes was pretty OP when... Because he technically showed that he could essentially blast somebody in an instant, but yet he never really ever used it again after he uses Wendy. So that was kind of one of those, okay, that doesn't make any sense why he showed him so OP, but then he never does it again. But so, Rufus so was the one that consider him more OP, OP than Zeref, who wherever he walks instantly dies. <sighs> well, we haven't seen it actually do anything. <laughs> I mean, he killed he killed Hades, quote unquote. We were supposed to believe that he killed Hades, but 
Yeah, he hasn't really shown it to really be that much of a threat so far, so. I mean, there was a lot of characters like that in this particular arc, so. Because it, it also in there, there was another fight that was, we had um, the, the elect, was it electric god eater slayer thingamajiggy, which was Orga. What was he called? Electric, what were they called? God slayers? Yeah. So he was like the lightning god slayer. And he was like supposedly really massively OP with his electricity. He was going up against Laxus, which I didn't really think he was going to beat Laxus because Laxus is Laxus. But then out of nowhere, <laughs> the Jura guy shows up, and I'm like, okay, this could be an interesting fight because I know, I know Orga is going to get. And then of course, Orga goes and attacks Jura, and Jura like one shots Orga. So I'm like, cool, okay, Laxus versus Jura. Let's have this fight. Let's go. This is going to be awesome. And literally, it cuts away, and then it comes back, and then like Laxus like one shots Jura, and I was like. Well, that was kind of anticlimactic. I thought this would be like a really cool match, and literally, Laxus is like, "Yeah, one punch, done. This is so easy, easy clap," as they say. Um, and I guess the other big match that was in the tournament for the final match was, of course, uh, Urza versus. Well, it started as Kagura, and then Minerva showed up and had uh, Miliana. I might say her name. I'm 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 mixing up my names again. The cat girl, yeah, Miliana. Yeah, Miliana has Miliana uh, hostage, which again is another one of those things of like, why is this allowed in this tournament? Why is and they even mentioned it. They're like, yeah, this is kind of sucks. There's a hostage situation, but we don't have any rules against it, so let's keep going. <laughs> it's like lives are in danger and crap. And like, yeah, that's fine. I think at some point the the mermaid heel people were like. This is like a meaning of life and death. I don't care. I got to go over there and, and this is turned to life and death or something like that and ran out there to, to help them. Um, so, yeah, of course, Kagura thinks that Urza is helping Jalal because they've seen him together. And so she's getting all crazy angry against Urza. We had the big reveal of Urza telling Kagura what exactly happened because we find out that Kagura's sister brother was, was it Simon? Simon? Uh-huh. Was the guy from back in the the olden days that got killed by Jalal, who was of course being controlled, and so yeah, there was a a big reveal there of well, it wasn't really a reveal because they, they do that whole thing where they go, no, it's not what you think, and stop, and we really, it's like just tell her what the frick happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't until they fight the dragons that they finally reveal that whole thing, but yeah, so they're they're fighting, and then at some point, Urza overpowers Kagura. And even though that she did draw her blade, which again I joke about the fact that I think Kagura was more stronger when she had her sword sheathed, because the moment that she unsheathed her sword, she got her butt kicked, and she never really did fight well after that with her sword with the dragon. So yeah, so she beats her. At some point, rocks are going to fall on Kagura. Urza pushes her out of the way and gets her foot crushed, and then Minerva shows back up and stabs Kagura, and then Urza overcomes her. Uh, her pain and and uses her second origin and beats the crap out of Minerva and then that leaves all of Fairy Tale alive and they go to fight the last remaining one which was Sting and Sting has not done a single thing so he's hundred percent strength and everything um, but when he sees them all kind of staying there he kind of just gave up at that point he has a change of heart. He kind of realized that they how strong they are, and he kind of just gives up. It wasn't really a thing of it didn't it didn't lay it out as if he was afraid of them or anything. He just kind of just it was almost like a, a paid of respect. Do you think it was right. a paid of respect? That's that's how I felt, and and he also mentioned that he just 
felt it was almost like he said he was implying that he felt that if he did that, he wouldn't feel right in looking at Lecter. I think that was kind of the hint that I got as well. So because it wasn't worded right on, in the text, but I think that's probably more what he was saying than what they actually said. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that the the way that the the ty- the subtitles were was. I won't be able to see Lecter if I do this or something like that. And I don't think that's really what he was saying. And that was the kind of thing that were beaten into their head, both Sting and Rogue, um, because Rogue went up against Gajil as well. And Gajil uh, managed to absorb his shadow ability and become the uh, shadow iron dragon or something like that and started doing shadow techniques along with him. There were shadows fighting each other. But they kind of had Gajil was pushing into Rogue's head that look, you have, Crow, you have Fro, you have comrades. And then you also had on the same side, Sting was starting to learn about the idea of comrades through uh, kind of everything that was happening with them in the guild. So I think there was an element of camaraderie that was really being drilled into their heads. And I think that kind of came into play with him kind of giving up to these, you know, five people that were all beat the crap out of, but still standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder in the end. So it, it was kind of cool in, the, in that last moment. But then of course, uh, Miliana shows up and has Lecter with him, and that was a nice sappy moment to conclude the the entire game's fairy tales. Number one again, everybody's celebrating, but of course, um, with that comes the truth that since they won, that there was a threat coming, and it was 10,000 dragons. So the princess goes down to try to open the door. Uh, we have Lucy, future Lucy running into not seeing all their friends, and she's like, yeah, there's dragons coming. We just need to get out of here. That's, I don't know how to actually stop it. Future Rogue shows up and says, I'm here to kill the person that is going to close that door and prevent us from stopping the dragons. And it's Lucy. And then he kills... Or he goes to shoot regular Lucy. Future Lucy jumps out in front of it and dies. And this is what I was joking with him. It's like, I think you asked me at some point, do you think Future Lucy's dead? And I'm like, well, I think so. Because with every single situation where you have somebody's going to die... Or they got a mortal wound. Somebody runs up and is still healing them and going, no, I can do it. And everybody's like, no, they're going to die. They're already dead. It's it's over. And they're like, no, no, I'm still going to heal. No, literally this moment, they're like, go heal her. And when he's like, no, you can't. This is She's dead. <laughs> it's like, wait, no, you're still going to try. No, they're literally like, no, that's that's dead. She's dead. She's not going to live. So they just like immediately give up. So unless something grand- spectacular happens, yeah, I think she's dead at this point. Which really sucked because it was it was very uncomfortable to watch, and of course, even if it is future Lucy that has no weight on the current cast, it still really sucks seeing it. I don't like to see characters that I really like dying, and so that was kind of a yeah. I, I really wanted Natsu to beat the living fire out of Rogue at that point, which took way too long for Natsu to react to it. But yeah, he he kind of goes ballistic, not really, but so they're they're fighting it out. At the same time, Lucy and all them run off to the the gate because, of course, Rogue didn't kill the other Lucy if if he has his way. So they get there, and of course, the princess is waiting to open up the door, and they use all the keys. Or, I don't know she already unlocked it with all the keys before. Um, maybe that's when she found out about the date. Is that she? That's right. She took the keys from uh, Lucy and uh, Yukino the moment they got arrested, right. and she used them to open the door already. Right. So she's need to wait for the, the the time the eclipse before she could actually open it. And as it's opening, they're like, yeah, they think that Lucy's going to close the door. And they're like, well, are you going to close it? And she's like, no, I'm not going to close it. And then she 
kind of realizes that, no, you're opening the gate to 400 years ago. You're letting them in. He tries to stop it. Seven dragons toll come out the door as everybody's standing around watching each one of them go by. Kind of like they're, I don't know, people at like a car show reveal or something like that. They're all kind of sitting there waiting as each car comes out the door and the steam comes out. And they're like, oh, look, it's a Corvette. <laughs> and there's another car comes out. And they're like, oh, look, it's a Chevy. And it's like, do something instead of standing around watching them come out the door. So seven come out and eventually they find out they can close it by using the handles, which doesn't really do anything. And then Yukino shows up and they use their combined powers to summon all the Zodiacs and super duper Dragon Ball Z style, close the door. And so they're still stuck with seven dragons and Rogue, future Rogue, revealing that he's the one that kind of tricked the princess into thinking that she can use the door as a beam to kill the 10,000 dragons showing up. When in fact, opening the door just lets them in in general. So that was, did they, did they say there was, did they, were they mentioning that there was three? We knew that was Lucy. But. Three what? Here's the thing that confused me. I know that there was supposed to be the two. There was future rogue. He, he tricked the princess because she reveals, wait, you, you said there was a girl. The, The guy that told me about this was a guy. And that was, he told the princess that he can, she can use it as a beam to kill these dragons that were showing up from somewhere else. But in actuality, it was just opening up to let the dragons in. Lucy, and he was from seven years in the future. Rogue is. He's from seven years in the future when Ar- Argnolia is too powerful. And so he wants to bring dragons from the past to stop them. Lucy's like just briefly into the future when the, dr- the doors open and everybody was dead. So she came back and she was trying to stop it from being opened. But she didn't know what, was gonna, what to do to stop it. She just knew that they were inside the castle and everybody got killed. And so she just wanted to get them out of the castle. That's all she knew. She didn't know what was happening outside, really, until it was all over. But um, Jalal said that he seen somebody, but it wasn't Lucy. Do you remember that? Right. That would be Rogue. But it was a girl. It wasn't Rogue. He may yeah, I don't, I, no, I don't remember him saying a, uh, that he's seen a, a girl that wasn't Lucy. I thought that he said it was a girl and it wasn't Lucy, and it looked like a girl. I thought it was Lucy. Obviously, it was meant to make you think that it was Lucy because we found out that it was Lucy was there, and it might have been that person. But no, he was pointing out the fact. No, he was the reveal of that. That was somebody that came in long before Lucy did. So there was somebody there several days before what we found out was Lucy got there. Right, and that was the confirmation that it was Rogue. But I thought it was mentioned that it was still a girl. So I thought that may have been third person. They never really kind of came back to talk about. But that's that's fine. I, I might I might go back and see exactly what they said. But like I said, it was well. They I guess Rogue looks pretty feminine, <laughs> or maybe use a shadow make it look like it. But no, it was it was odd that that never really came back into discussion of what they dis, they discussed. So well, the 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 thing that the thing that's kind of confusing is that. Are they saying that the eclipse was Zeref's magic, or was Rogue Zeref's magic? The the shadow in 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 Rogue is that Zeref's magic, because they were saying that they were they were detecting Zeref's magic all the way back for seven years. Every time that the um, the Grand Magic Games was going on, they were detecting Zeref's magic. Right. I was assuming. 
I don't think it's him, but I was assuming the shadow was Zeref. Right. And they pretty much have all but kind of they've kind of they not said that, that that's the case. It it seems like it's somebody else that is affecting him, but he does mention the idea that that shadow will overcome him in the future. But I think the thing that was really throwing off I wasn't sure if it was the thing that they were looking was Jalal and Ultir and everybody was looking for was that shadow or was it the future shadow? But I don't think it was the future shadow because I don't think he was there from the beginning of the, the tournament. He was only there briefly. He was just there before future Lucy was. So were they looking were they seeing the build up in the current time rogue well, that was, the, that was there, there's slowly also, seeping up? There's also the aspect that um Jalal thought he uh or i think he said that he sensed or was it just implying that he was sensing Zeref's magic on lucy because when they were in that um in the arena and he seen her he knew that it was her that was from the future or something like that or was involved with Zeref. yeah i'll have to go back to that one because i'm not sure if that was supposed to be future to lucy or if that was I think future Lucy got because there like that, briefly that, before they got it stopped. happened. They got stopped in the in the process of them going out. That was when. But uh, I think that was Darabal. that was future Rogue that he was chasing after. You think so? I think, like I said, I, I but I don't think they showed it well enough to know who it was. It's not like they they showed their face or anything. Right. Like that, but I guess they may have, and I can imply. But like I said, I thought the face that he seen when he found her that one night and well, her. But that one person he found that one night that he later on says it wasn't Lucy looked feminine. I thought it was a girl. I and mean, if it wasn't Lucy, then who it was? It, it don't think it would be Rogue because it looked too feminine, like I said. But yeah, it's, it's something I need to go back and kind of look at. I, I, I guess it doesn't really matter too much, but it might matter in the future if, again, like I said, if there is a third person technically that could have been involved. So yeah. All that said... Uh, the door opens, seven dragons come through. We pretty much have everybody kind of coming together to try to fight it off. Uh, the king prior basically brought everybody together to say, well, if this laser doesn't kill everything, we need you guys to help us fight. All the guilds kind of came together, gung-ho, to help them. Um, then we come over to find out that the dragons were just being let in. And they all kind of separate. And then we have tons of different guilds and groupings kind of fighting each one of these dragons. Uh, there's like a, there's a, there's a jade dragon, a shadow dragon, a rock dragon, a fire dragon, a pincer face dragon, um, what looked like a water dragon. There's Mother Glare, which Rogue was riding the entire time, and that's it. Seven total dragons. Oh, its name is Scissor Runner. That's what they have somewhere written down. I think I remember him saying something about him being Scissor something. Yeah, I remember a Scissor something. I didn't, didn't hear his last name, and it's I don't called think they, Scissor Runner. That is just an awesome name. I don't I think they ever name. gave a name to the Rock one, because it's kind of just listed as Rock Dragon. And I don't think they ever gave a name to the Dark Dragon, which they call just Dark Dragon in this this listing. So, But the, last, the rest of them got it. Last, um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of this whole thing where Natsu's trying to fight Rogue on top of Mother Glare over and over again. Um, you have some kind of back and forth on the idea of, well, again, camaraderie. Hey, you have Fro. And he's like, no, I, Fro's dead. That's why I'm I'm, wait, I'm here later on. You kind of find out that's when he let the shadow take over is when Fro died in, was it seven years? What, one how long year did you say? Later. Was it one year? One year later. I almost want to say seven years because I, I put a joke right in here that this writer has something about seven. 
Like, because the the moment of the eclipse was the day seven seven, which was the day that the other dragons disappeared. Uh, Yignil and all the other ones disappeared seven on the day seven seven, and we have seven years in the future is where Rogue came back from. You have um, what was it? That was another seven that they had in this particular arc. What was it? So there's like there's a really big fascination with the year seven, and it's kind of funny that they. Seven dragons. Seven dragons came through. There's seven dragon slayers. <laughs> Which, of course, again, we we didn't. I totally didn't know that. Like, here's here's the thing. So we we at some point, Natsu has this great awakening in the middle of the battle as everybody's getting their butt kicked. He just screams out, "Hey guys, we got this. We have seven dragon slayers. We got this." And everybody's like, "Oh yeah, we have seven dragon slayers. That'll work." But no, the joke that I kind of came up with was that. What? Okay, so we had. I had them all written down here. That way, I don't have to stumble over which ones I have. They're they're right um, there. So we knew that Rogue and Sting were. They were Thurgeons because they apparently slay their dragon. Of course, we found out at this point that they didn't kill their dragon slayer or their dragons. The dragons told them to kill them as they were like dying. Well, Sting said that his was dying. I don't think they necessarily said what Rogue said, or. If Rogue mentioned that, but they they were told they could kill them. But I know that Sting specifically said that he was he was sick and dying. Right. So they weren't not like they turned around and killed their dragons. Their dragons literally let them. And so, um, so we know their dragon slayer, Rogue Sting, Natsu. We know is of course is dragon slayer. Gajil we knew was a dragon slayer. Wendy we knew was a dragon slayer. The two that I didn't know was Laxus and Cobra. Those are the two that I'm like, well, where's the other two? And then, of course, like I said, Laxus comes up. And then Chris mentions the fact that at some point he was supposed to be one. And I apparently completely forgot about that. Again, like I said, I, I looked it up. And, yeah, he uses Dragon Slayer arts. And Cobra was another one that I was like, wait, Cobra? Because <laughs> uh, that was the one that was throwing me. Because I knew they hinted that he had dragon slayer magic but i don't remember him actually saying he was a dragon slayer or that he was an artificially created one or whatever yeah artificially created one makes a lot more sense and that that i knew like that he brain had it, something but, or something yeah. like that to transform him so it was really really kind of a weird one for it me it was it was out of nowhere cuz of course uh, mester whatever his name went back to the council and freedom like he might possibly here soon may face some kind of repercussions for that, but he literally went in there and knocked out the guard and went in there and, and let him, let him free. So we'll have to see if possibly in the next few episodes, uh, Doran, mess Drumbalt, whatever his name is, let him free. So we should go back and listen to our old podcast. And when we were talking about that particular arc and see if we were referring to him as a dragon slayer. Right. <laughs> That's really the big, the big question. If we brought that up. So yeah, they're all, they're all fighting. And at some point, Natsu uh, absorbs a whole bunch of the, the, the fire dragons I, the entire time. I'm going, why doesn't he go take out the fire dragon? Cause he could just probably absorb him. And the entire time this, this dragon Atlas flame is like, stop it. And he's banging them all over the place. And at some point he, he, he sent, he gets a scent of Ignil from him. It, it was kind of like that, or he was implying that he was feeling the essence of the essence it. of him. Yeah, it was something like that. I know I don't think it was a scent, um, but yeah, out of nowhere, Natsu's like, "Yeah, Ignil's my my dad, basically." And so, <laughs> from the rest of the fight, is basically Atlas working with Natsu, and Natsu's calling him uncle. <laughs> of course, 
Atlas Flame, to him, Ignil is, like, basically his boss. He is the king of all fire dragons. So he's kind of like, you know, yeah, I'm going to help you out now. And so, of course, I guess I didn't mention the fact that this entire time, uh, the future rogue is using this dragon mastery art, which is uh, dragon controlling magic that is controlling all these dragons. And somehow Atlas, with this newfound desire to help Natsu, overcomes it and starts fighting Mother Glare and Natsu's fighting future rogue. At the same time, we have Jalal goes to help uh, Urza, who is still hurting from the the, the, the arena fight, and uh, Meliana finds her and starts getting upset, and we find out later that uh, Kagura is also watching from a distance, nearly drawing her sword, but then Ultir shows up. She's kind of upset at this moment because she has been contemplating killing past Rogue in order to undo everything. And Natsu kind of tells him, no, the current rogue has done nothing. There's nothing to say. He's going to do it. And so Ultir kind of shows up in a little bit of an emo state and kind of takes the whole situation onto herself because, of course, she uh, helps with manipulation of uh, Jalal to do the whole massacre of people and, and killing Kagura's uh, brother a long time ago. And she kind of walks off, says, hey, once this is all over, you can kill me. And um, Urza kind of mentions the idea that she's it's not her fault. She's never learned from right and wrong. So everybody kind of comes to a realization that this is all kind of happenstance that really sucks. Yep. And kind of stops. Um, and this is where it kind of gets all goofy because, well, not goofy, but it was a cool moment, but it was also kind of goofy. I kept pointing out the fact this all kind of happens in one minute. Suddenly, out of nowhere, everybody's dying. Like... Uh, we have Lucy runs around a corner into a big old batch of dragon minions, and she has a book from her future self that apparently reveals how to stop the portal. Uh, you have good um, Gajil is like being impaled by one of the dragons that came down swooping on the him. The scissor guy. No, that was the dark dragon. He had like oh. one of his claws, and he came down. And he used the other claw. He was trying to guess which side he was going to attack from. He impales him. Um, you had like the random dad and, and Romeo and all them like being attacked in a room. We had <laughs> Gray rescues both um, Juvia and who was the other one that was there? Juvia and somebody else, kind of probably Leon protects them. No, it was another girl because he kind of got some grope action in. <laughs> so Juvia is all like worked up because he touched her butt. And then he's like, hey, I got to tell you something. And then out of nowhere, he gets zapped by like five dragons out of nowhere. And then he gets shot in the head. And I'm like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Not sure how they're going to undo this one. <laughs> That's definitely dead. And they kept, and they were even pointing out, they're like, yeah, he's he's uh, he got shot in the head. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, keep pointing out the fact that he's totally dead. Um, Who else that was kind of put in a completely your dead moment? Oh, yeah, there was uh, Bacchus, like was trying to block an attack and just totally got wrecked. So everybody's like in this one moment of dying and I'm like, okay, what's going to happen here? And then Altir suddenly out of nowhere recalls this, this time magic that she learned from Hades and Hades told him that you're not allowed to use it. It's called the arc of time. And cause it sacrifices their own time, essentially kind of kill them. And so she uses like super duper ability to try to reverse time all the way back to before the door opened and, of course, me and Chris at the time were going, but if you don't tell anybody, they're just going to redo it. So what's the point of this? So she's, like, totally cracking. Her 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 time's 
pulling and pulled out of her and it's all crazy super like insignia flying in the sky and then it's like it worked and then i'm like no they're, they're still ruins something didn't happen and she looks over and she she's like my life is only worth a minute <laughs> And I'm like, there you go. Everybody was dying within one minute and you just saved them all somehow. <laughs> so it it was a cool sacrifice because, like, I hate it because at one moment, Altir is like this continuous. Because she, she, she's going, like, way back. She's like, I've not changed. I wanted to kill this guy who has done nothing wrong. I've not changed even though I went and joined this organization with, with um, Jalal and everything. So it was like a really cool moment for her. I hate it because I don't, I don't know if she's, I guess she, she might still be alive. I don't know. But it was kind of insinuating the idea that she's dead. So if that's like her last moment, it it's a good send off for her. But at the same time, nobody dies in fairy tales, So I doubt it. But <laughs> it was a cool moment. But at the same time, it was hampered by the fact that I'm like, that was very convenient that everybody was dying in the span of one minute. But it, it, it is kind of cool. It was one of those that it just felt like a cheap um it didn't i I liked her as a character who was trying to find redemption, and this one was one of those that even though she doesn't really des- necessarily need that redemption because I, I I feel that she was one of those characters that was very much um what's the term um not relatable but um put in a situations where yeah, she yeah she was she it was bad circumstances always like it's, right. it's always something bad like going from her mother she thought her mother abandoned her and it just it turned her in a very dark place even though it didn't go the way that she wanted to and Zara and, and this going into I, the I, bad I, organization I'm I'm gonna separate Zara from this evil shadow because I don't know that necessarily in the, it's something that may happen later in in a section that I haven't seen yet that maybe evil shadow is actually Zeref or evil shadow is what was, uh, manipulating Zeref because Zeref didn't like it seem like same, evil. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's the same intentions. Like it doesn't, what he's, what the shadow is saying doesn't sound like Zeref. Right. Unless it's Zeref in a, cause Zeref does well, seem even, like he has it, two different natures. Yeah. And so there, there's, there's something going on and it, it'll be interesting to see where the, there's these, the story of ultimately goes, but right now, even she was manipulated by something, and whether it was Zeref or not is or up in the area. Yeah, right. So yeah, it was a cool sacrifice. Good little moment for her. Like she continues to be probably one of the most dynamic characters. She's a sympathetic character. Yeah, it, it seems she seems like the most one of the more dynamic characters of the entire story. She has a lot to her. Uh, we've gotten a full perspective of a lot of her life from beginning to end. Well, end quote unquote at this point. Uh, so it, she has been one of the more pinnacle moments of this particular arc. So it was it was a cool send off for it. So, anyways, uh, yeah, Lucy goes the right direction, tells everybody, "Hey, look, we got to destroy the door, and then nothing, none of this would have happened. The future door is gone. Thus, rogue future rogue can't go in the door that's already destroyed." And I'm thinking to myself, "But if you go to destroy it, then you would have told your the you, it would have never happened. So thus, how would you have?" had the desire to close to just, there's the time paradox stuff starts happening right there so i gave up <laughs> i don't try to think about it don't think about it andrew uh but yeah even though she did all that trouble to get there to shell them that not to like dive bombs with uh 
um, rogue, future rogue, and slams through it anyway. <laughs> it's so, so funny because me and Andrew were, were pointing out the fact that they should just go find Natsu because Natsu destroys everything. <laughs> and, but, that, but that was funny because <laughs> there was no point to her bringing down the book because he just happenstance does it anyways. I did. I, I totally forgot to talk about it, but it was funny that the Zerk, Zerk was it Zerkonus? Yeah, Zerkonus, the big jade dragon. He's he's a very talkative dude, so he's he's like the least threatening out of all of them because he doesn't technically hurt anybody. He just kind of just plays with everybody, and his whole thing was that he says that he has the magic to remove the dignity of humans. Humans, and what it was that he can like he breathes on people and it removes their clothes so that he can eat them without the taste of nasty clothing. And so he he destroys he destroys uh, Lucy's clothes at some point and then goes to eat her and then she gets knocked away and as she's flying through the air she somehow slams right into Natsu on top of the dragon and then they go flying off into like a bell or something like that that was on the ground and it was just absolutely dorky that out of nowhere he oh, he's fighting and it's all serious this screaming girl naked just slams into him and knocks him off this dragon and just completely like puts a halt to an entire epic fight out of nowhere. Rogue's just like, whatever. <laughs> okay, that just happened. And of course, then Virgo shows up and gives her clothes and then she finds Punishment the book. Time. And yeah, you gotta, oh, you're ignoring me because you're punishing me. Virgo's just great. So yeah, that was, um, they knocked out the, the dragon. voice for that character too. Yeah. Very kind of, I keep wanting to say dry, but like a very kind of mute uh, or, or monotone type of humor. So yeah, um, after that, they bomb the door, all the dragons and Rogue return. Rogue is like, as he's disappearing, kind of tells Natsu that the current Rogue will change in a year when Fro dies. And then he kind of says, and he's going to get, Fro will be killed by, and then it like, cuts off. I'm I'm thinking... Who was I saying that I was thinking it was going to be? I've already forgotten. Yeah, you kind of mentioned the fact that Sting dies as well, and that's how he gets the power to do both light and dark, which is another thing. So pretty much everybody he knows is going to be dying eventually, and that's what's going to turn him. His whole desire was to bring these dragons together, which was kind of... He said that it was kind of convenient that only seven made through the door because he can control them better, but his whole desire was to kill... Argnolia because Argnolia was going to destroy everything in the future. So it it is kind of cool in the regard that it is one of those ideas of a bot as a, of an enemy that makes you can't agree with them, but their reasoning makes sense. Like he's lost everything, he knows the world's going to end, so his whole desire is to make sure that he can just de- defeat this thing that will destroy everything later on. All right. So it just becomes like a selfless desire, even though it becomes a thing of like I'm going to become the Dragon King and rule over everything and destroy everything. Then it called a, an Avenger? I guess. But like I said, it is definitely one of those things where you just can't agree with it, but at the same time you understand it. Which is cool in a way. Like, you, it's cool to be able to understand why something is the way it is. So. Yep. I guess, again, like we said, I, I we pretty much just watched one more episode after that whole thing, which was kind of the, I guess, the the conclusion point which is everybody's kind of celebrating that they managed to stop this from happening the outside world apparently seems to be disbelieving that dragons had appeared but everybody that was there knew what happened i'm not sure how much that's going to come into play going forward because there's still a sense of no these people didn't destroy dragons dragons don't exist i don't know what they're talking about but yeah they're all celebrating in a big ball and 
some funny points in it. Of course, Le- uh, Levy expresses that she's happy that Gajil is alive, and we all kind of go, just kiss already. Uh, <laughs> we're surprised that uh, Lucy and, and Natsu didn't have a moment that night or something. Uh, we were kind of joking the entire time that Natsu <laughs> didn't show up because he's been worn out from a, a good night. I, I busted up laughing because <laughs> she she got, they they finally got to her. Me and Andrew had just made a joke that uh, that they're gonna nobody cut, can find. They're gonna cut to Natsu find... smoking a cigarette <laughs> yeah. and 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 Lucy sitting next to him in the bed. And, and 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 we come out of there and Lucy's eating a whole bunch of food off of the table and I'm like and I just busted up laughing because you work up a, 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 a hunger girl i was trying to find out i thought you were just laughing because the princess shows up and she like quickly like you know chomps it down because she's embarrassed to eat in front of the princess and he just starts laughing i'm like what are you laughing about? work up an appetite girl uh, uh this is a cute part kagura um shows up in front of urza and kind of mentions the idea that she wants to be her little sister so that was kind of cute and so urza embraces kagura and then Miliana shows up, and Urza starts pulling uh, exceeds out of her chest. Yeah. <laughs> like here's Lily, here's Charla, here's Happy. They're like all somehow like stuffed down there. And then of course Miliana finally freaks finally, out. Re- finally wins her over. Yeah, Miliana was happy to see all the cats, and so she she was won over by kitty cats. Uh, of course, that's how Minerva caught Miliana, so she shouldn't be falling for that anymore. <laughs> Stop going after kitty cats; it's dangerous. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, this is one of the moment where we have uh, Yukino. Who was that first invited Yukino to join them? I think it was... It wasn't... Um, was it Mermaid? No, no, it wasn't Mermaid Hill because Kagura came up later on. It was Sabretooth. Sabretooth was, came and apologized. Yeah, Sting, Sting, Sting and Rogue apologized to her, wanted her to rejoin them. And then Kagura says, no, she she's my property. I Because the, they made the bet while they were fighting... That whoever uh, it was basically the the bout between Kagura and Yukino, they were gonna put their lives on the stake. And when Kagura beat her, she didn't kill her. She said, "Well, you just belong to me now." And then she walked away. So yeah, Kagura being half drunks, like <laughs> you know, she's my property. And then yeah, fairy tales all like, no, she's joining us now because we're the ones about? who fought for the the most for her. Or yeah, something like, something like that. And then I think Blue Pegasus guys were all jumping in there. It was it was really funny to kind of see everybody. You, you want to join time. us because we've got because you're beautiful. And then <laughs> Quattro Puppy or was it Bacchus said it, it'd be nice to have a, a a woman in a in a guys guild or something like that. Yeah, I think Bacchus spoke of that was that was yeah. So it was really cute. Her kind of realizing that there was so many people that wanted to be because she was she thought the entire thing was her fault because uh, she her backstory is that. Like tragedy befell anybody that was a part of her life, and so she thought this is another part where she it was her fault that she was creating this just um, bad luck essentially. And then uh, Natsu pops up out of nowhere after everybody's asking where he's been for the last. It was funny because we were we were talking the entire time about how Chris was mentioning that Natsu always takes over the room. Like every every time he comes into a room, it's all about him because he's like I guess because he's so loud. Yeah, he's like basically a main character that's a genki. And and I was like, and you were mentioning the fact that like, well, maybe he's not here just so that you can kind of get some moment with people. I'm like, but they're all still talking about him. Every single person's asking about him. It's like you have an entire harem of women in a room and they're all talking about the main harem, uh, harem protagonist, <laughs> even though he's not even in the room. That's all they could talk about is the protagonist character. Uh, but yeah, he, he finally pops to the door and he's 
dressed up as the king and says that he's the king and uh, the king's over there in his goofy announcer guy outfit telling him to stop. And then the uh, princess is supposed to be punished because she opened the door and caused the entire thing to happen. And everybody kind of sticks up for her, including Darton, who was the guy that originally was supposed to be made out like the bad guy, even though he was technically the the best. He was like the guy that was trying to prevent everything from happening, even though at the very beginning he was seen as the bad guy. <laughs> I thought Arcadios was bad guy from the beginning of it, but he turns out he's just helping the princess. So they flipped everything on it and everybody defended Hats- his uh, Hisui. And then eventually the king deals out his punishment, which is to make her wear the pumpkin hat for a week, was it? Yeah. And then everybody decides they all want to wear it. And everybody laughs. And then Fromo. Fro says, Fro no somo. Like everybody else. So yeah, that's that was it. Who's your it. favorite character? Urza. Urza? It's always Urza. It's not the spinning lady? <laughs> You're reading my notes. I did. We did have the question at the very end. Who was the most annoying character of this arc? And you said... I don't know if you said in the last... Fairycast, or you said at the very beginning of it, because of the opening, you knew exactly who was the annoying character, and you thought it was the announcer. Not the announcer, but the the, the king who was wearing the pumpkin right. outfit to, for the event. I, yeah, it was, it I was, was the entire time I'm going, he's not been annoying. Why is he, there's gonna, he's gonna do something really annoying eventually. In the last, eventually. In the last couple of episodes, I pointed out the, the, to Andrew, I said, you know, it's really funny how how you can kind of block things out and and not realize what what was as annoying as you think it was. And I knew there was an annoying character in this 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 particular section. I thought it was the the pumpkin head for whatever daggum reason. And um, I do remember the pumpkin head being the 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 king. So there was a significance to the pumpkin head. I knew that the pumpkin head was important. It was funny because he told me that it was a stupid reveal point for him. And at some point, the king finally shows up in a later scene. And I don't remember, I think I've only seen him once through the entire arc. And then when he first shows up again, and I'm like, my mind immediately went to, he's short. He's obviously the pumpkin dude. And then he slips it out. He he does the, what was it? Kaba. Uh, Kaba at the very end of it. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's him. I guess that was the reveal Chris was talking about being really stupid. <laughs> But it, it was funny because um, the second that the the old lady popped up, I was like, "Oh no!" I made a huge error, <laughs> yeah. and so it was like, "Papasama was a <laughs> Every time she's on the screen, it, it's like one of those those aspects of every time something happens in the arena, it cuts to every single guild and it asks them what they think about what's happening on the screen. And every time they cut to Lamia Skill, it's twirly, 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 twirl, 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 twirl. Or spin, 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 or spin, spin, yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, it was so obnoxious. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think my the other one, of course, was Jason. Uh, the reporter guy, Jason, showed up again and had to scream, "Cool, cool, 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 cool." Uh, Itchia, I'm liking Itchia now. I I don't find him obnoxious. I think it's because there's so many. I I think possibly it's either that i'm getting better at like because this was a the humor in this one hit me more than any other arc so i i don't know if it's that his writing and humor is getting better or if it's that i'm liking the characters more and i'm more into it invested in it now maybe my humor's changed there will never but be a time yeah, that i like obasama 
Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know if it's that I've seen more annoying characters since his first appearance that he's less, he's more tame now. <laughs> or if this time just start, starting to like Ichia. Maybe he's done something subtly that I've enjoyed. Maybe he's less prominent on the screen. And maybe that's why it's less annoying. But yeah, I, I, I'm starting to be okay with Ichia. Don't push it though. I don't want an entire five episodes of Ichia main character <laughs> that would kill it again but no I, I guess so my pinnacle points in this entire thing was not to fighting with the fire dragon atlas and him calling him uncle i thought that was great um lucy had some good moments hated what happened to future lucy urza and the fight with a hundred monsters was epic what was the other ones i guess that was my main ones that i really like this particular arc Oh yeah, Ultir, her whole her entire arc was awesome. Loved Kagura and Miliana and Urza. I thought that kind of turned out really well. Um, I guess that's it. Favorite moments? Um, definitely the hundred hundred uh, uh, match for Urza. Um, oh, Mavis crying that was great too. <laughs> Mavis the technician was pretty tactician was pretty cool too. Yeah. That was a cool take on that cuz everybody was like staying there and they weren't moving that last match and everybody was like why why is fairy tale not moving? It's because she like planned it completely out. Um I liked some of the um I I, I want to say the old old lady uh or not old lady the, the um, spin pin old lady? <laughs> no, 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 no. Grandini scenes. I I like some of those. Um I definitely loved some of the future Lucy scenes. They were really, really wonderful. Um, yeah, realizing that she didn't have her emblem anymore was like, oh, yeah. that sucks. Because, you there know, was... they've kind of, it was, I think the last arc, they really nailed it into our heads that that was something really important to her. Their, yeah. Her emblem is very important to her. Yeah, the, uh, the, the field, the uh, golden field was absolutely tear jerking for me. Even the second time around, it was rough. <laughs> Um, she just went back to the future, which is normal. I don't know why you're thinking it's the afterlife. Yeah, she definitely went back. Everybody's to the just future. staying there. Yep. Everybody just for some reason out in the middle of a wheat field, and she was yeah, laying because down they, the they they that was the the time whole thing has been they, restored. They, they she re- didn't die. They repaired the the world. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, I don't know what, unless, um, unless they change it to the point that she will die sooner. I don't know <gasps> what you're talking about. Lucy never dies. She's a celestial mage. She just gets <laughs> taken to the celestial realm. Yeah. Um. No, so they're not celestial beings. There, <laughs> they're just having a really big party. I like how like the entire group in the back were all like silhouettes, almost like they don't want you to know who's going to be in a few years. Yeah, well, it wasn't that far ahead. It was she literally came from like what was it, a couple days later or something like that. So, yeah, sorry, I. That's it. I don't remember. <laughs> don't remember. <laughs> all right. Um... And yeah, there was have... a lot of great scenes in there. That definitely a lot of the Yukino moments was great as well. Um, Yukino I'm, was great. I'm kind of the mindset that Yukino is apparently replacing Lasana because like that whole scene They're where not replacing like, Lasana. Like Lasana was in the background, like going, "Hey, no. can you help me, sister?" And Mary Jane was like, "Oh, you look so beautiful, Yukine." And that whole thing where she was calling her like a little sister. And then when they went to the ballroom, you didn't even see Lasana. The entire ballroom scene It was all about Yukino. So I think. No. I think Lasana has been replaced. No, they're not. I mean, I don't want her to be replaced. I'm certain she will find a great home, but that whole scene didn't seem like she was a part of anything. So, 
All right, so we've given up our pretty much all of our thoughts on this arc as a whole at the very beginning of this podcast, so I guess we're pretty much we're just going to repeat ourselves if we say anything else. But yeah, um, that was a really long podcast episode, but like I said, that was 50 episodes worth. <laughs> Thankfully, going forward, there's a, there's like a bounce between like 25 and 10 and stuff like that, so the next few ones won't be too long. But uh, yeah, that's the Grand Magic Games arc. Um, any final words? I'm getting fired up. Huh? I'm getting fired up. You're getting fired up for what? I'm getting fired up. For what? I'm getting fired up. That's what, what Natsu says. Oh. I'm just gotcha. I'm just stealing his because everybody apparently wants to steal his thing now. Well no, it was at some point they were saying, What if Natsu here? What would he say? <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was, that's what they it was said. This is like I'm getting yeah, all I'm fired, getting up, fired up. up. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah. So they try to redeem all the characters to make them out to be good people, but uh except for Minerva. She kind of disappeared. Not sure. No, she showed up to fight in that fight. She's probably she's probably ticked off. No, I don't. I don't think she was. I don't think she was either. I think she probably went back to daddy or something like that. We'll see them later. (laughs) There you go. Again, as usual, if you guys like these podcast episodes, definitely give us some feedback on it. We love whenever we hear from people to tell us that uh, they like certain podcasts that we do that are kind of out of the norm. We always get some pretty positive feedback for Fairy Tale, but we always love hearing from you guys to let us know what you think of these and. uh, we're we're getting there. This is this is this was a huge chunk of it, and I think we're now officially on the down well over half halfway through this entire mm-hmm. season, so or entire series. So again, like I said, I don't know when this will come out. If it's going to come out in December, if it's going to come out in January, but either way, I know that we would have to be into late January before we get back into the next arc. So it might be some time before we get another one out here. And plus, be plus that'll it. be the beginning of another season. So that will probably throw some things off. Oh, I guess, well. I guess I should kind of mention that so people know where we're watching off into for watch along, I guess. Failure to Not to mention, part. we're going to be doing our deliberations at the beginning of oh, that month as well. That's what I was saying late January. January so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be some time. Let's see here. It was in two, just breaking 200. Yeah, next arc is the Eclipse Celestial Spirits arc, which is episodes 200 and, well, like I said, you're still, we're going to be starting from 200 and the 200. Yeah, I think it's 200. I think we're starting at 200, right? Yeah, because we, yeah, we stopped at 199. So we're starting at 200 and we're going till 226. Which is 23 episodes long, so yeah, that would be all the way until episode. Well, I guess that's not really the title I want to mention on the podcast. <laughs> the, the titles are spoilery. Anyways, uh, we hope you guys enjoy this episode. Again, we're at TakuSpear.com where you can go for all of our anime new and old. Great community formally stops, social media links to the right side, and all that good stuff. And we thank y'all for listening. We hope y'all enjoyed, and y'all take care. Os. Fronosomo. Yeah, I do.